Talk radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Mistake. Five goals, three Please games now for Johnny Goodrow. Unassisted. That's two goals in a minute 24. Here they come again. Goodrow right in. Lost the puck and scores. A two on O. Goodrow, sixth goal in three games. And it's 3 nothing Calgary. Saturday, July 16th, 2022. Hey, everybody. Season finale here at Waste Up uh, Hockey Podcast Studios, Bar and Grill. Uh, I am James Cole. Yeah. Still. Happy July, everybody. July! Love a month that much. You know uh, what? July probably the greatest month. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Really? Oh, come on! What are we talking about here? Mm. Bunch of holidays. Nice weather. I feel like it's a weird month though if you live in Thunder Bay because it's one of those months where it just feels like the city's like vacant. Yeah, Everybody's like out of camp. Yeah, it's just weird though. Like I feel like nothing happens. I don't really see anybody. It's just kind of weird. Used well, to happen. yeah, used to. Yeah. 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 Those used to be a thing. That was a thing once. Yeah. Used to go to those. They were they were good. I don't know. I like July. It's fine. I yeah. like it better than June. Yeah. I like it better than August. Okay. Well the weather's generally nicer. Yeah. Most of the dug or the, most of the bugs die off, which is nice. Um Yeah. And you know what else is good about July? Mm. Wedding season. It is wedding season. Wedding yeah. season. You went to a wedding last weekend. Yeah. I uh, went to a wedding this uh, weekend. Lovely wedding. Uh, How was your wedding? Uh, well, I didn't get married personally, but it was nice. Yeah. nice How uh, was the wedding you attended? No, it was a nice ceremony. Everybody was happy. There's lots of love in the air, uh, which is lovely. Um, yeah, I had a nice time. It was a weird wedding for me, I felt oh. like, personally, just in the sense that it, like, it was one of those weddings where I just kind of felt like I was like, just like... Um, mingling constantly and then it was like oh it was one o'clock like you're i was just kind of roaming around constantly like i I didn't dance i didn't i didn't really do anything the night just kind of boom it was over you drank i drank uh i was i was outside a lot too which was kind of nice because it was like a good night yeah like there's like a deck at the nor'wester there so you can kind of like step out and you know you can have a cigarette or just sit on the deck or do whatever you want to do and i i just like hung out outside most of the night i felt mm. like like i just you know it's strange but it was nice what was the uh the menu like that uh, that particular evening good chicken chicken uh it was chickens kind of stuff with like uh i forget now some sort of a cream cheese sort of thing sure um I think there was some asparagus, peppers, and risotto, if I remember correctly. Okay. Definitely risotto. The risotto was very good. Okay. It's hard to forget that. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, for dessert, they gave us a piece of, I think it was carrot cake, larger than the meal. Uh, it was huge. For dessert, they the gave meal me a was piece big. of my mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, what a dessert that would be. Crazy. You're going to a wedding today, I suppose. I guess today, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Kind of. It's weird. 
I'm going to a wedding. I wasn't really invited. Right, you're kind of not. Going, I have a I job. Uh, I'm I'm taking care of yeah. a dog, who is more important than I am. Well, who needs to be at the wedding? You know, and depending then who you ask. The dog has to eat, and all the important people are going to be. One at of the those wedding. times, I do wish we so. were on video. Um, for those of you who didn't just see. The dog has to eat, and James sort of uh, gestured as if he was shoveling a driveway. Like you're shoveling food into the dog's dish. Oh, yeah. How big is the dog? Are you Good watching size. Are you watching Clifford the Big Red Dog? <laughs> um, Good-sized dog. Okay. Good-sized dog, that's for sure. Okay. I don't know. Eats out of trough, perhaps. I, I don't really know the, I, the layout. Hopefully someone tells you before you start watching that'd, the dog that'd tomorrow. That'd be crazy. Anyway. What this trough for? Well, that's what the dog eats. Oh. Um, so he has to be at that, mm-hmm. and I just have to make sure he doesn't escape, I suppose. Okay. Um, and Should then, be easy enough. And then bring him back in, uh, serve him however he needs to be served, food-wise. Whatever his needs may be. Whatever he needs. Right. I am at his beck and call, and then when he's good, tired, and full... I can return to the wedding and enjoy some adult beverages. So. Well, that's great, man. Yeah, now, it's hopefully... going to be super weird. It's it's like I'm going, but I'm not. I, I don't I don't really know how to describe. Yeah, it, yeah, I'm not going, and I uh, I sort of like that. Um, you know, it's like a concrete thing. I know I'm not going. You're kind of are. You kind of yeah. aren't. It's a bit of a gray area. Yeah. yeah. How many more weddings you got this, uh, this, this? How many more summer? do I have? Yeah. Uh, one, one more and I'm not even necessarily attending it. I'm working it. So I'm, I'm good. So no. my, my wedding season is done. Really? Yep. That's, that's it. I don't, uh, I, I feel like a lot of, everyone keeps our, like coming up to me lately and is like, oh man, like whenever you get time and it's like, I don't have anything else planned mm. this summer other than working. So, okay. uh, yeah, which is nice in a way, Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. open books, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't have anything else going on. I think I got four more after this. That's insane. That's yeah. insane. I don't know if I. That you're going to be working at. I don't so. think I know four people that are getting married. So. Wow. I'm not. I actually said that as a joke, but I really don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't anticipate many more weddings in the near future okay. either. I don't know. I, okay. You know, well, that's, that's fine. We'll see what happens. So. Yeah. Um. It's wedding season in the NHL as well. Uh, teams are getting right. their trailers hitched to players. Uh, Nico Obey Kubel uh, right. recently, I guess, uh, what got engaged? Is that what happened? Oh, there? oh, I just I kind of met guys marrying themselves to new teams. Oh, well, we could do that. Or too. teams marrying themselves to new guys. You didn't want to talk about the uh, McKinnon wedding of? Uh, I, I don't know if he got married. Did he get married? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know these things. I'm sure the menu consisted of a nice uh, oh. quinoa. Christ. And kale dish. I should go into that wedding. Jesus. What a drag. No, thank you. No. Still water or sparkling? Right. There might have been sparkling. I don't know. Uh, it's, spark- it's not unhealthier for you, but I'm sure there's something to do with the digestive system that maybe we've Are not Are you saying heard. there might be something in the water? Yes. <laughs> I guess. That's what you're saying. That's how yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um... No, yeah, it's, it's fucking wedding season for the NHL. The guys are getting married, guys are getting signed, guys are getting traded. It's fucking are, wedding season. Yeah, it's fucking wedding crashing over here. Let's, <laughs> let's, what are we talking about? Ooh, yeah, it's I fun. could attend, I guess, as a crasher. Let's go. Uh, but I'm not attending anymore as a invited guest. Yeah. 
unfortunately. Vince Vaughn, like, great film. Yeah. Came out this day, uh, 16 years ago. Really? Isn't that crazy? I don't believe you. Look it up. Okay. Yeah. It's winning season. Um, crashes. I'm, I'm not lying to you. I don't know why I always thought that was an October release. Oh yeah, look at that. July July fifteenth. There it is. Two thousand five. Seventeen years ago. Right. Yesterday. because uh, it's we were releasing on the sixteenth. But yeah. Well, happy birthday to Wedding Crashers. Crazy. Uh, and speaking of which I must say, it is actually the fifty fourth birthday of Will Farrell today. Really? Who makes a brief appearance in Wedding Crashers? He sure does. In his very Iconic red fucking silk. That's right. Bathrobe. That's right. Yeah. Better, like, what, what? which cameo do you prefer? Do you prefer him in Wedding Crashers yelling Ma the Meatloaf, or do you prefer him in the internship with the neck tattoo selling mattresses with Owen Wilson? Wow. Because oh. two very similar cameos, right? Yeah. It's tough. Oh, I think I like the wedding crasher cameo better just because Chaz Reinhold. You're, That's fair. Like with the with the neck tattoo mattress guy, it's right off the hop. It's early on in the movie. It's it's, it's hilarious because yeah. you don't see it coming. But with wedding crashers, like there's this running joke about this this dude uh, the, the name I don't remember, but the legend of this guy that used to crash weddings and how legendary this guy was. And we have to keep doing this to honor this guy. And then you meet the guy at the very end of the movie, and it's fucking Will Ferrell. I think, I think that's hilarious. I think that's better. It's Kevin, the mattress salesman. Right. You know what I forgot about that movie, honestly, because uh, I haven't seen it in so long, is that Rose Byrne is the love interest. In the internship? In the internship. Yeah. Sure. Weird. If man. you say so. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, Rose Byrne, great actress. Uh, no other notable birthdays today, am I, Dad? Good. Fuck him. I closed the page, but there was nothing to remember. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, season finale. I, I made sure off the hop, but this this is yeah. the close of season five. It's season four. Season seven. I don't know. Okay. What year is it? Um, and um, what a year it's been. The Avalanche did not win the Stanley Cup. Which is cool. What? Didn't they? The Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. You said they did not win the Stanley Cup. Oh. The Lightning didn't then. The Lightning that did not. That means the Lightning didn't. That's right. The, I'm just so used you to You could have picked any team Cup. and said they didn't win the Stanley Cup, and you probably would have been right, right but well, you managed you to pick the one team. For 80% of our podcast's history, uh, the Lightning didn't win the Stanley Cup. So it just it came out naturally that. 75%, yeah. Season five, no? No, it is not. Who would have won the first year then? The Blues. Gloria, baby. Let's go. That's crazy, man. Gloria. Wow. We'll get to the Blues later, but. um, Will we? We have to, in fact. We're going to go through the uh, trades that have happened since the draft, because we talked all about the draft last weekend, even though I have no recollection of talking about the draft last weekend, as uh, as Bruce will attest to. Uh, and uh, after that, we'll do uh, a little bit of uh, free agent signing uh, discourse. A little uh, will, will they, won't they type of uh, 
menage a trois. And uh, then we got an oofal for you later. And I stole oofal with a zero. I don't know. I feel like I should have signed off on this week's breakdown. I don't know what the hell's going on over there. Menage a trois and the zeros and... Anyway. Alright, so I'm going to go back. I'm using Cat Friendly. Big shout out to the people of Cat Friendly for all the hard work they do all year long. And um, since last week when we recorded, we're doing uh, trades first. Okay, The first trade that appears on this page since last week, July 11th. July 11th. July! The Ottawa Senators receive future considerations in exchange for a 2023 third round pick. A 2024 seventh round. Pick. We're doing this right off the hop, and eh? And 25% oh, retained of Matthew oh. Murray. Oh, I was really hoping to, to get a few Toronto more drinks in me before we got Maple to this place. Speaking oh, of that, Christ. allow me. Here we go. I did uh, promise a few of our listeners this week that I felt like there was an all-time James rant coming with this move but and then they asked me is it a positive or a negative rant and I said I'm not sure but I okay. feel like there would be hard opinions here okay um, would you care to lead us into your thoughts on the trade if, if you would call it that sure. it was more just a giving it was a it was more just a. It was more just a sacrifice, yeah, if anything. Right. Yeah. Um. I'm a Leaf fan. Always have. Still. Been. Always have. Been. I'm a Lee fan. Uh-huh. I'm a Matt Murray fan. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm from Thunder Bay. I've never not cheered for a guy from Thunder Bay. Name, name a guy from Thunder Bay. Uh, Jeff Harimos. I'm in his corner. Steve Passmore. Let's go. Big fan. Go Blackhawks. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Play this other places. move mm-hmm. made next to no sense for me. Okay. All right. A. You just paid to get out of a bad contract with a goaltender with very similar numbers to Matt Murray, only to take on another contract that's costing you more for Matt Murray. Now, granted, the upside could be better, perhaps. Alright, I'll, 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 I'm not going to sit here and suggest that Matt Murray and Peter Mrazek are, or Peter Merzarek are interchangeable. Ah, the Miz. Goaltenders. Good old Miz. I don't really understand the logic behind this trade mm-hmm. for a few different reasons. Sure. Um, and I'm, I'm sure many of those reasons have been broken down time and time again by smarter people than I. Mm. Smarter people than you. Mm. Smarter people than those listening at all. Mm. Right? But that can't be. This is a guy that played in the AHL last season. 
Yeah. And we're going to roll the dice on the last two years of Austin Matthews' contract in Toronto. Probably the job of the general manager and anybody below him on Matt Murray mm-hmm. staying healthy. Let's let's start there. <laughs> Never mind the performance yeah. in net. Let's let's assume he stays healthy. Let's get that far. I I don't get it. It's lost on me. Okay. Yeah, you're, yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> there's no. I don't know if there really could be any sort of like a hot take. Like, here's what you're all missing here. No, we got it. Yeah. There's not much to miss at this point. He's been uh, miserable for a couple of years, and uh, uh, you would you, like. It's even the whole. Well, you know, like down the stretch, he was a nine eleven toward the you know the back half of the year kind of thing, which sure. which which yeah, and then it's like, well, you know, you take out that game against Tampa and this game against Arizona or whatever the fuck, and it's like, well, yeah, no, he was like a nine twenty three, cool, which is true of every goalie anywhere or ev- sorry every athlete in the world. If you take away the bad games, the good games look better. That's how uh, all of life works. True. Um, so yeah, like there's not much of an argument to be made there. I, I I suppose the one argument you you could make, contracts and everything aside, is uh, it was a once debatably elite goaltender uh, who you are hoping you can bring back to elite status, um, which is fine. Uh, let's say that's true, which I think it partly is. Um, I started that sentence with contracts aside, which is never a good way to begin a sentence. Yeah, it's only two years, right? But it's close to $5 million. It's not a cheap sort of deal. So um, what you need out of him next year is uh, for $5 million, the goaltender should be, uh, for me, should be starting 50 games and should be around 915. Because there's almost no goalies in the league that can do that. So why would you pay a goaltender $5 million in today's NHL? There's four, maybe, that I could say that I confidently yeah. think yeah. could play around 50 and post a 9-15. And I'm not a UC Soros guy, so it's more like three for yeah. me, to be honest with you. Um, so there's that. There's the injury aspect of, um, yeah, hopefully you get him good and healthy and ready to go by the playoffs. But, you know, even if you're only planning to play him 30 this season, you know, that doesn't mean that he's now immune to injury because he's not playing that 31st game. He could get hurt, play two games, and get hurt in one of those games. Who knows? Mm-hmm. He might get hurt first game of the season, blow out his fucking groin, he might and he's done. start the season. Sure. So so there's that issue. Um, it's, it's, it's a large risk to take on a guy that you're hoping to rebuild. And the other issue with that is... Uh, we do not have an NHL-experienced goaltending development system at this point. We are taking chances on guys who have been under studies with other guys. Now, granted, have played in the league. Like, you know, Curtis Sanford, former NHL goaltender. Doesn't mean just because he wasn't a good goalie that he can't teach a goalie to be good. I understand that. Uh, But this is a guy doing his first NHL job uh, and him and his staff are going to try to rebuild a guy that you could easily make the argument, not this past year, 
but the year before was the worst goaltender in the NHL, a league in which Carter Hart was in. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 tough. It's it's really really tough for me to sit here and say on paper that any of it really makes any sense. Like we're talking about the third string goaltender for the Ottawa Senators, mm-hmm. a bad team. Yeah, who felt that they needed to move on from this guy. Oh, well, James, haven't you heard? Ottawa's going to be freaking amazing this year, apparently. So They'll be better. And part freaking of that is because they had to shift Hard to be worse, that to be honest. Taking but, yeah. up a lot of their cap space, doing a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. His, and I don't mean to like, like make light of the situation, but the, the guy suffers a concussion in his last game of the season in March against Tampa. Uh, hasn't played since. Might not ever be the same goaltender he ever was. Even the bad version. Right? Like, My issue is that with all the injury history, like, sure, you could throw him on LTIR if he gets hurt and then that frees up 4.8. Absolutely. You still need another goaltender. Yeah. Like, they, they got, they, okay. obviously okay. we know that they yeah. got another guy, but, like, there isn't a third guy. Like, this isn't, you almost need this to be a three-headed monster at this mm. point to even make this make sense. That's the problem, is no matter what, we have it lined up now. Matt Murray has to play a significant amount of games. Can we even bet he's going to do that? No. You know? This guy's now 50 games in his career once. Yeah. Once? Yeah. That was a while ago. talk about him like he's some sort of elite goaltender. I think you used the word elite. I don't ever think this guy was ever in the conversation. He happened to be on Sidney Crosby's team once upon a time. Worked out well for him. Happened to be on the same team as Marc-Andre Fleury, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Worked out well for him. This guy cannot lead a team in a significant capacity. When I'm talking about a guy that can play 60-65 games in a season, as rare as that is becoming, it's just it's not even an option. And you're giving him $5 million. We'll get to Campbell later. Is this a move by by bringing in Murray, where you're you're walking away from Campbell at very similar numbers, mm-hmm. uh, cap wise? Is this a, a, a term factor that you think was make or break in the big picture here? Like you got Matt Murray for two years, okay, and then oh, we'll reassess then. Okay, great. But in two years, like this is a this is a Leafs team that their window is is open now. You have the Hart Trophy winner now, the sixty goal scorer now. Who cares about two years from now when we can reassess? Would they have been better off to just bite the bullet and say, "Well, we we know what we have in Jack Campbell. We've worked with him. Yeah, we know what we're getting." Fuck it. Give him the contract. If Dubas gets fired, not my problem moving forward. You know, it's that's the next guy's problem. I gotta. Win. I have to win now as a GM. Is that maybe something that they kind of overlooked? Nah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm among the people that definitely soured on Campbell toward the end of the year last year. I. I I now I'm not going to sit here and say that he's not fixable in the same vein that I think Matt Murray is fixable. Like I genuinely do. You think he's fixable? Yeah, I do. But um, well, I don't know that the team, the Leafs are the team to do it right now. I, I don't know. 
Sure. I, I have I have never seen in my lifetime, ever, the Leafs do anything positive when it comes to developing a goaltender. Ever. No no well, no era. No? No. He was good in spite of Steve Breer, I think, to be honest with you. Steve Breer made him noticeably worse. He was fine when he got there. He was quite good for a while. And then all of a sudden, he couldn't seem to fix certain fucking issues with the way he was playing. Because he had no goalie coach. Hmm. To me. Okay. They, they've never done anything. Any, even if you want to say Jack Campbell, sure. He ruined Freddie Anderson. He ruined... Like, he was terrible. So, they've never done anything to fix a goaltender, so this is me being optimistic. This is more so me being a uh, Matt Murray fan, almost, at this point, right? Like, it's... I, I almost don't even know how, how else to say that I have this rationale. It's probably not a, a rationale. Um, but, I mean, like, like the whole conversation is, you know, what, what would you rather do? Would you rather commit the term to Campbell? Would you rather take the risk on Murray if you even, you know, a high risk, low reward almost sort of situation in a way is, is at least the way you sort of see it. Um, you know, like given the options, I, I, I still sort of think that I would rather at this point give up nothing to get Murray at this, at this deal than I would give well, Campbell five by five yeah. or play Marazic under any circumstance because and I mean you can make the same sort of argument with Marazic, but there's no reason to believe Marazic was ever going to be good again for the Leafs again as if he was ever good um there was no reason to believe Marazic was going to bounce back this year because he just hasn't been that goalie for the Leafs so at least with Murray you kind of take the chance and then if it doesn't work out LTIR or you buy him out at the end of the year my big issue with this deal, though, is it is, to me, it doesn't matter how well he does, it's fucking indefensible to me to bring him in at 4.8. Yeah. That's indefensible. Yeah. And, and and no matter how good Murray is, Murray could be a Vesna candidate this year for all I care. That was just shit fucking asset management there. Just shit. It, it, terrible. You, like, like I, I understand his point was, well, it was either we bring him in at this dollar or we don't get him at all. Then don't get him at all. Yeah, the conversation Don't bring him in at, at all, 10%. then. It, it starts there. there. There, to me, has to fucking be a third team retaining. You have to bring him in at fucking $2 million or less. You have to. Yeah. But even, let's say that that's not on the table. Even at 3.1, okay, you're saving... You know what I mean? 700k off Morazic plus whatever you might have paid Campbell. Like, you're saving a lot of money. I get it. You try to rebuild this guy, that's fine. That's $1.7 million that you can spend on, in theory, two decent players. Or, you know what I mean? Something at 1.7-ish. Even just leave it there till the trade deadline and see what you need. See what goalie you need to replace Matt Murray with by that point. Yeah. If that's what happens, right? But... To bring him in at this number, again, he needs to be like a 50-game, 915-plus goalie for me to, to, to me, because it's not, this isn't a Matt Murray issue. This is the market for goaltending. Even just, let's, let's just push Matt Murray aside, like this situation aside. Are you going to bring in, um, you know, 
say Cam Talbot, who I think's a decent goalie. Say he makes a million and a half more than what he actually makes. You're gonna fucking bring in Cam Talbot at five million a year? Get uh, get the get fucked. You know what I mean? Like, what goalie do you feel comfortable bringing in at five million dollars? Because for me, the list is about four. Like I said, so like that. That's where it starts for me. But now. This isn't Cam Talbot, a guy that had a decent year last year. This is a guy who's not been good for almost any point the last two years since he's been Ottawa. Even even forget like the Pittsburgh part of it, right? Mm-hmm. The two years he's been in Ottawa, he was among, if not the worst goalie in the league. He had a run there where it was maybe the worst run I can remember seeing a goalie have. It, mm-hmm. it broke my fucking heart. So, from an asset standpoint... You can't honestly argue that this is something where you have you couldn't talk your way out of four point eight is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. You were unwilling to. You needed to get your guy that played for the fucking Sioux Greyhounds or something. I I don't really know what the actual reason is here. I get that the potential's there with Murray. I like his game when he's on, but even just from a trade standpoint. You need to do better than that. You have to. It, 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 didn't the Coyotes get a fucking first round pick to take Shane Goss bear a couple years ago? Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, no. It was a pretty high pick. The Shane Goss bear. Okay. Shane Goss bear, who's a player. At least if he's not good, you can kind of hide him. Matt Murray's going to be in the net the whole fucking game if he sucks, right? I'll I'll put it this way. I'll I'll kind of put a bow on it if you allow me to in the sense that you're paying quite a bit of money for your backup goaltender. That's how I view him. Yeah. This is a guy that's going to play 30 games for you next year if he stays healthy. And the, fright- he stays healthy. the frightening part about that sentence too is the fact that of the two goaltenders, he's the one who has better numbers. It's Matt Murray. <laughs> well, that's the fucking scary well, part. We'll talk about that, yeah. I, I suppose. But yeah. Um, all, all the fucking uh, luck in the world to Matt Murray. I'm cheering for you for multiple reasons. Oh my god. Not only... I've never rooted for a guy this much, man. Uh, I'm I getting a jersey. I don't give a fuck. I'm going down with the ship. Seed. I'm going down with the ship yeah. on that one. I don't, I don't let's, fucking care. Let's go. Uh, a day later, the Sens, once again, make a goalie move. They flip their best goaltender, Philip Gustafson, to the wild <laughs> for a guy that might be worse than Matt Murray in Cam Talbot. Oh no. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. Oh, my God. Like, I, the Sens were doing so well. They were doing so good. Good for them. Good for you guys. Little brothers in Ottawa there. You know, you're having your time of your life. Cam Talbot. You, you get yourselves out of the fucking anchor that is the Matt Murray contract. Yeah. And you choose to bring in a 35-year-old Cam Talbot. Look, I understand Craig Anderson uh, worked out quite well for you guys once upon a time. I don't. Dominic Hasek worked out fine for you guys. Well, I don't know if you want to make your niche the 35-year-old goaltender uh, leads your team to salvation. Phil Gustafson, hell of a goaltender. Yeah? Hell of a goaltender. I don't know if I've ever seen him play. Oh, I... You probably turned off a few games against the Leafs. I'll tell you that. Maybe I'm just used to. Yeah. Uh, I'm just used to Gustafson's haunting my my memory for years. Cam, Cam Talbot, though, I I, I don't I don't know. Is this guy got any game left in him at this point? 
35 years old. Yeah. I mean, like, like this is not a move where I have an opinion, to be honest with you. This is a fairly inconsequential move, I think, both ways. But, I mean, I guess for the sake of mentioning it, like, you're talking about a guy who played 18 games last year and was an 892 versus a guy who played 50 and was a 911, which is above league average. Well, let's let's talk about the teams in front of them for a second in that case. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't have much to say about Ottawa personally. But, no, like, but like we, uh, we can't sit here and say that Cam Talbot was amazing because he happened to play for the Minnesota Wild who gave up 10 shots a night. Yeah, no, his underlying <laughs> like, numbers were... I, I mean, I don't have them in front of me. I don't remember them being anything spectacular last time I looked at them. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think that they got the worst goaltender here, really. But um, I, I, it's it's very much a move. Like put it this way, it is. It doesn't move the needle either way for me on Ottawa. I, I, I'm not too concerned about it. At least the good news for them is it's uh, somebody who makes more money, so it's uh, more cap space at least. Or sorry, more cap. Uh, consumed, I guess, right? Because uh, they're yeah. going to be a team that was going to be pretty close to the floor. They're at least now $3 million closer to uh, being cap compliant, which it looks like they will be now. But I just, I, I don't know. Like, for a team that's been, uh, for the moves that we're going to talk about here, when well, we talked about Dabrinkat last weekend, and they've made some sense. Like, this is a team that seems to be gearing up, that seems to have some sort of sense that we well, we can we can sneak into the playoffs next year. And you know, hitch your horse to Cam Talbot? Uh, I realize you had to unhitch your horse from Matt Murray, but Cam Talbot? I am choosing to reserve my Ottawa comments till later into the podcast. Fair enough. Uh, day after that, the Bruins acquired Paddle Zaka's signing rights. Yeah. Who they still haven't signed. Uh, in exchange for Eric Halla. Going back to the Devils. Yeah. Sure. Two guys that I think are very comparable that don't really move the needle either way yeah at the end of the day these are definitely two nhl players <laughs> like like i don't know like i i, I like eric Halla. um i think i think the reason that i'm always a little bit reserved when it comes to stuff with eric Halla is uh, it seems like other teams and other people don't seem to like eric Halla, and i think eric Halla is a good hockey player mm-hmm. And I've always been sort of confused about this. Because, like, I don't know. Every time I watch him, uh, he's quite productive. He had 30 goals a few years ago. Like, you know, he's, he's yeah. a decent player to me. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't really know. I think uh, he is a guy that is going to play a limited five-on-five five minutes in New Jersey, but will probably shine on the power play. And I would imagine is going to put up 45 points next year. And, and like, and I don't copy really... pace for Zaka. Like that, you know. Like, what I mean? like, like different player, but I think Zaka will be fine in forty Boston points too. next year. You know, like maybe, yeah. yeah prop, I, I would think less, but he's certainly he's been a better. That. He's a better he's defensive like, player. So. Yeah, he's he's fine. Yeah. Whatever. I, I don't know. He's he's another one of those guys. Uh, he's like a rich man's Kevin Rooney. He's just kind of out there. You know, he's just on the ice. Fifteen to twenty goals next year. That's, yeah, okay. that's all you need. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be happy with that. Yeah. Um, the Rangers get Ty Emerson. Uh, yes. Sure. Uh, in exchange for Patrick Nemeth, a third in 2024, and a second in 2025 to the Coyotes. Yeah, cap dump. It's yeah. Fine. Go play in front of the Sun Devils, or whatever they're called. Yep. In ASU. All right. Uh, 
That's it's get weird. Should here. make out like a buddy comedy about Patrick Nemeth yeah. going going to ASU next year. Let's go. My name is Patrick. He's like six foot four, big fucker. He's the fucking uh, uh, from Grand, uh, Greendale Community College. You know, he'll be the the new. The Greendale school. human being. Yeah. No. No. But he'll be the. Oh, guy like he'll be like Luis Guzman. Yeah. In the video. Oh, I, I went. I went to ASU. I watched that episode life. not that long ago. Uh, Steven Lorenz, Itu McNiemi, and a third-round pick to the Sharks in exchange for Lane Peterson and Brett Burns retained at 34%. Get your percentage, Carolina. Hell yeah, Not 33%, not 35 34 Hell yeah. Uh... So the Canes want to suck next year, I guess. They saw the Rangers in the playoffs and said that's too rich for our blood. Very, very strange. Let's bring in the bad players. Very strange. Yeah, that's $6 million more on the cap that they didn't need. Yeah. If I've learned anything, uh, basically within these last few moves, like we talk about the Leafs there with Matt Murray, we talk about this... All these teams that preach that oh we're about analytics we're an analytics driven team you know we we uh, we're we're big number guys like uh, like like what happened here did the the fucking hurricanes like tie Eric Tulski up in a room and fucking just lock him in there and we're like we're making this fucking trade like yeah. you get get the fuck out of here you know but like what happened here I I don't know like like there's nothing what what, what is Brent Burns now thirty five thirty six what is he. I don't even have him in front of me. Is it that young? I what what is he? This is he's a thirty-seven. He's thirty. He's thirty-seven years old. Yeah. Uh, which is notorious when guys who have never been good defensively all of a sudden become good offensively. Again. Guys that sometimes play forward. Yeah. It's a bad. Yeah, like are. actually, if they put him yeah. forward, I don't hate the deal. Um, don't get me wrong. Brent Burns had fifty-something fucking points last year, right? Like, I, like I get. Yeah, he did. That's he did. Crazy. I understand that. But here, here's the argument I'm gonna make, and I'm gonna throw another guy under the bus. But like, he's been the whipping boy of the podcast for like a year and a half. So who cares? Yes, I understand that Seth Jones puts up fifty points a year. He gives it all back defensively because he's that bad defensively. Yes, I get that Tony D'Angelo is like arguably a fifty-point defenseman. He is a negative goal differential player because he is so bad defensively. Right. Like, it's fine if you have a forward who puts up points and they kind of don't back check because, like, in theory, they should only be, like, the fifth or fourth guy back sort of thing, right? Like, I get that. But when it's a defenseman, you need to be able to, like, contribute at both ends of the ice, I feel like. Like, I feel like that's not a radical uh, perspective that I have there. Uh, Brent Burns is increasingly bad defensively and his offensive numbers are I guess declining right so um there is no real reason for me to think that this has any sort of positive impact on the Carolina Hurricanes um I guess he's a better guy than Tony D'Angelo uh so that's a positive but uh yeah this guy has not missed a hockey game since 13-14 is that is that true? That's pretty impressive. That's all you got, eh? That's all the positive I have to say on Brent Burns. Yeah, I mean, like, also the way he plays, you might want him out of the lineup every once in a while. Yeah. 
Uh, back to the Sens for a second. Uh, Connor Brown goes not to Edmonton. He goes to Washington. Oh. oh. Uh, in exchange for a second round pick in two years. Yeah, it's fine. Not next year. Year after that. It's fine. By the time Connor Brown is no longer contracted to play for the Capitals, the Senators will get a draft pick for it. I guess I would say I like it for the Senators. Because um, I don't. I don't know how much impact this will have for the Capitals. I think Connor Brown's a fine player. Yeah. But, anyway. I, I, I thought it was weird that they were in such a rush to get rid of him. Um, I mean, I know the cap hits a little high, but this seems like a guy that maybe you want to keep around for the next step. Yeah, right? well, I, I, I mean, I, I guess given their other moves, it does move them down the depth chart. And if you're just kind of trying to do them a favor to get them some ice time somewhere else, and it gets you a second-round pick. Like, yeah. I, I, I like it for Ottawa. It, it's, it's, it's weird to me school. just because this is the last year of his contract. It's tidy business. You've still got Stutzla on the entry level. Stutzla. And Sanderson's on the entry level. You just cleared up the Murray contract, right? Like... Why not just keep this guy around for a year? Because the second round pick sure isn't going to help you. <laughs> not next year, or the year after that, or the year after that. Like that second round pick's not going to show up in the lineup till twenty twenty nine, and that's not a real year. Like the world's over by that point. So yeah, just maybe hang on to Connor Brown for hoping. another year. But I, I don't know. It it was. It's a fine return for a guy that, like, that's probably what he commands, but I feel in the short term you may have just been better off keeping him Yeah. in your bottom six. Uh, again, I will reserve my Ottawa comments until later. All right. Uh, last trade before we go to the free agent signings. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights get jack shit. It says that right in front of me. Jack, jack shit. Who's he drafted by? Uh, he was drafted by the Nordiques back in 97. Oh, right. Yeah. I believe that's actually Shiete. Oh, all right. I, I see my mistake now. Yeah. A little accent they goo about yeah, yeah. the E there. Yeah, he's from Laval. In exchange for Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin to the Hurricanes. Another $8 million going to the Hurricanes. Uh, like... <laughs> the, like you bring in Brent Burns it's like alright you guys want to suck then you turn and you bring in Max Pacioretty it's like oh I guess maybe they want to be good but also they have no money in, left at this point anymore to do anything with now Carolina is the new Vegas where it's like they have no money left over they're probably a contender but they also kind of have some shit players that are mm. hanging around. I, mm. uh, I I don't know. Like I'm not uh, I'm not super crazy about the Hurricanes, and it's mostly just been because I'm kind of doubtful of the core that they have, and um, you know, like my obvious questions about the character of the of the dressing room aside, you know, changed a little bit, I guess, in the last uh, few weeks, but. Um, I certainly like the Max Pacioretty edition. I don't really know how you, you couldn't. Like he's a he's a point per game player, and is a guy who is produced in the playoffs on a team full of guys who have not. 
um, Jordan Stahl's side. So, yeah, I, I, I like it. Obviously, there's not much not to like um, when you get a player of that caliber for free, basically. It's just a lot of money for a guy that hasn't played a lot of hockey the last little while. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that. He's, he's been in and out of the lineup a little bit, obviously, last season uh, a lot. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's worth the risk for me. Like, I don't really know who else, other than maybe Claude Giroux, they were going to bring in that's going to bring this type of uh, game to the lineup. So, But you're already a first-place team in a division where it's like, just win around, and you're in shooting distance. Right? Yeah. Like... Like this, this seems insane. I don't. To me. I don't think they're as close to being a Stanley Cup contender as a lot of people think they are. And I think a guy like Pacioretty, and I guess they think a guy like Burns, um, sort of changes the complexion of the roster. I, and it I, does. I, I but guess it's just like, like we we've seen Dallas's and Montreal's go to the Cup final in the last couple of years, right? And it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, just get in. Just, just get in and flip the coin and see what comes up heads, right? Uh, that's because fair. Because that's that's the NHL these days, and and you're bringing in a guy where it's like, look, yeah, he can contribute, he can help you out, but he hasn't played a full season since 2016. That's closer to the last lockout than it is now. Uh, so great, you got a guy that can contribute in a sense he's going to help you out he's bringing a ton of leadership but you're paying a lot of money to this guy when you could maybe spread it around help your team out in different ways for a team that's still going to make it anyway hang on to that money see what's available at the deadline Look at that division. Look at that metro division. Yeah. You tell me the Hurricanes aren't just going to cope with the playoffs anyway? They got him for free though. Well, no, they got him for $7 million of cap space yeah. that they could have spent the deadline on Evgeny Malkin or, or whatever team doesn't happen to be there in the playoff hunt. I you don't I mean? think that they're getting somebody uh, as good as Pacioretty for even an asset at the deadline, in my personal opinion. You might be right. And they get him for free. Like, I understand they have to pay him $7 million, yeah. but, um, like, at, at the end of the day, like, here's what I'm getting at, is, like, yes, the uh, Svechnikov deal is nice, in a way, he makes under under $8 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the playoffs, he should be, like, a $900,000 cap hit, because he's done fuck all in the playoffs for a few years here, right? Oh, um, sure. You know, Aho's been fine. You know, like, it, it's it's... It's in a way on a team where there's, like, I'm not too concerned about what they're paying these guys because a lot of these guys need to start stepping up. That that's what I'm getting at. Sure. You know. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, their goaltenders stay healthy. But I mean, they chose to sign the two that they signed a year ago, and I'm not gonna sit here and fucking uh, cry a river that oh no, their goaltenders got hurt last year. Really, they got hurt. Yeah. Wow. Who could have seen that fucking coming? Every goalie gets hurt. Uh, none more than the two they have. So, still for a plus game. All right. Well, you, you know you know what it's time for. Um. Uh, hmm. Plinko. Um. 
What's the game? What's the one again where the, the man rides the yodeling man? Yodel, what's it, yodeling what's the game yeah. called? It's called the yodeling man. No, it's not. Yeah. I gotta look it up. You talk. Yodeling man. That's yodeling the man price is right. It is Cliffhanger's game. the best show on television. Uh, it's time for Free Asian Frenzy. Kind of works with Free Asian Frenzy, too. Sure. Oh. Oh, no. Bad signing. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. There's a few. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, there's a... There's a... Man, this is a great... Uh, man. Arthur. Who doesn't love free agency? Hey, hey, cheers. Hey. Fuck, this is good stuff. Not my money. There's nothing better, you know. Mm. I sort of understand why, as a hockey fan, like, I always loved watching, like, the the Comedy Central roasts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? Because mm -hmm. it's just, like, that's sort of what I feel like free agency kind of is. Okay. Is, like, some, like, really smarter people looking at, like, the dumber people and being like, fuck, you're a disaster. Right. You know? Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, so I'm going to go back to just shortly before Free starts. We're going to go back to uh, the day of the draft there where we had it recorded at sure. that point, July 9th. Um, Lou Lamorello was handing out contracts left and right. Really? Uh, he signed Robin Sallow, Andre Andreoff, Ken Appleby, Grant Hutton, Otto Koivula, Sebastian Ajo. The defenseman and Jeff Kubiak all on the same day. Any, anybody you want to talk about there? I have to tell you, James. Mm -hmm. None of those. That's not a real thing. Okay. Those are not real guys. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, the Predators signed uh, Philip Forsberg. Oh, I've heard of him. Uh, eight years, eight and a half mil yeah. per. That's the one that used to play for the Avalanche, right? Something like that. Yeah. 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 Um. Capitals he played for. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, it's not bad. No, just eight, not. You eight know, and a half per yeah. is what he probably should have been making a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's a little, little bit too late for that. But yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. It's the the dollar amount is right. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know. Maybe a couple hundred thousand, a little bit higher than you would want. It's it's about right. Yeah. Um, it's a little too long, maybe, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the thing with uh, Nashville is uh, they're another one of those teams. The the eggs are all in the uh, we need to win now basket, and they're not great right now. Yeah. So they can't afford to lose Philip Forsberg. Like if they lose Philip Forsberg, this team is is fucked. And uh, they find a way to keep him. Good for them. Um, you know, actually, he's younger than I thought he was, too. I, I should mention that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it keeps them competitive now. They, they had to keep him, and they found a way to do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Maxim Legacy signs with the Avalanche. Sure. Sure. Uh, Alexander Georgiev. I did not realize that's how they spelled Alexander. Uh, Georgia goes to the Avalanche three years, uh, three point four million. Mm -hmm. mm, 
I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think I said last week, like, you know, two years, three mil, something yeah. like that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's ish. Yeah. Uh, what else we got now? Uh, Jacob Bryson with the Sabres, two years, 1.8. Congrats. Uh, is that a guy? Uh, Alex Nylander to the Penguins. Yeah. Uh, league men, two way. I think yeah. it's over for him. Yeah, he's he's a guy. His dad played in the NHL. His dad, uh, I believe he has a brother Might. from Calgary or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something there. Christian we'll Fisher, see. one year, 1.1. 1. 1. Arizona. Still in Arizona, eh? Mm. Yeah, he didn't really turn out, eh? Well... I think I think there's a hockey player there. I think he's gonna get his asset at Arizona, and he was still uh, an RFA, unfortunately, given his age. So oh, yeah. this might be his last year uh, playing for the ASU Sun Devils, and then he can move on somewhere else, hopefully. Well, congrats to the Fishman. Yeah, uh, Carson Kuhlman with the Kraken. One year, eight hundred thousand. Yep. Sure. Uh, He's a very cool man. Who else do I recognize names here? Cam Deneen, son of Kevin Deneen. Yo, was he? I thought, now that, I thought that was Ted Deneen's boy, uh, my well, guy. Well, it's Kevin's, I think. Okay. Uh, uh, one of the Deneen boys. Boys's. Wow, it'd be crazy boys, if he wasn't boys, related. Boys. Hey, I'm going to look that up. Yeah, please do. Imagine he's not. I think you're right, though. That is one of their boys. Uh, he is... The his father played. Oh, weird. He is not related to Kevin Deneen. No. Uh, it doesn't say anything about Ted Deneen. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like he's an unrelated Deneen. That's crazy. So the one thing we thought we knew about Cam Deneen, we do not know. Hmm. Uh, Zane McIntyre going to Minnesota to help fill the void left by Cam Talbot. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jimmy Huntington. Just a fun name. Are we doing a thing where you're just going to continually give me more absurd names until I'm like, you know what, James, I don't think that's a real guy. I'm waiting for you to call me on Yeah. Uh, the king signed a pair of uh, Swedes, uh, Carl Gunstrom. It's two years of 1.3. That is a guy. I do know of him. And Leas Anderson gets a year. Real guy. Yeah. Threw his medal yeah. into the stands. Ricard Raquel, six year, $5 million yes. with the pens. Real guy. Watched him uh, play. So that's all the money they had to spend on Malkin. <laughs> Raquel's coming in. Malkin's testing for agency. Latang's wrapped up. We knew that already. But uh, what do you think of Raquel at, at, at six by five? Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a bit much. It's too much. Like like I mean, one of the too things. Too much all around. One of the things you have to give him four by four. Yeah, like well, even that. I don't know. I, it, Raquel's a really weird player because it's just like. I think we've all collectively agreed that he's better than he is, in a way. In a way. You know, like, I, I don't really know But now what... he's 29 years old. Yeah. So... I get it. This he, is what he is. He was decent last year for the Penguins. Let's see what he does next year, I guess, is where I'll I'll leave that decent for me. Decent is a word. Yeah, he was fine. In 19 games. 
Valery Nachushkin. Uh, oh, yes, I've heard of him. Eight years. Yep. 6.1. Yep. With the Avalanche. Yeah. Hard player to evaluate, I would say, because um, there are many, many metrics that say that he is very, very good. And um, I think part of the issue with Nachushkin is we've heard that so much over the last like 18 months that it's almost started to underrate him, too, I think, to some degree. But um, no matter what, this is a guy who played 62 games last year and had 52 points and in a third-line role, and then they yeah. moved him up in the playoffs, and he was fantastic. So um, there, there's a very good chance that this is a steal. Mm-hmm. I do think there's not equally a chance, but there is still a chance that uh, this is a large overpayment for a guy that was very offensively productive Um despite not having been at any point in his career before this. Hard to really count his time in Dallas, I think, too, is another, you know, sure. the, it's an sure. issue. But, yeah. um, you know, I mean, this is the same guy who three years ago played a full season, or not a full season, but two-thirds of a season without scoring a goal as a forward. True. It's an insane thing to do when you're playing, like, top six minutes, a lot mm-hmm. of that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. He had a great year, and I, I, I don't hate the signing. Uh, Hugh McKing, uh, he's the Twitter guy that uh, always makes fun of the Leafs. He's a Habs guy. He's with the Blues now. For, Grant McKegg? For... Oh, well, I got that confused. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Nosen signs for the Hurricanes two years, 7.62 per. He was a Leaf. Was he? Well, they, yeah. Okay. I, I don't remember watching him play, but he played there. If you say so. Yeah. Uh, Devin Cooley signs for the. Predator is for a year. Uh, he's related to the guy that went third overall. No? Is he? Okay. Uh, I thought I thought you were talking about the same guy for a second. It threw me off. Uh, Stefan Nazen, one game for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's crazy. No, uh, no stats to show for. I don't it. know that guy. I don't know that guy. Alex Edler re-ups with the uh, at the fucking Kings. Did he? I didn't for, even see that. Yeah. What's the deal? Well, I'm confused. It says it says one year. 1.5, but the cap it's 750. So, got two years or uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I'll fact check that maybe. Uh, then he hit a short sale with the Sabers. It's a year, 1.7. Okay. It's a guy. He again plays in the NHL, I think. Mm. So. After missing out on Nat Murray, the Sabers get their goaltender Malcolm Subban. Very comparable guys. Uh, two-way deal, eight fifty. To the Sabers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Got their guy. Is that their guy? Got what they were willing to pay for a goaltender, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this much: that's uh, four million dollars less than Matt Murray. All right. Despite paying. Five million dollars the day before, the Penguins spend another six point one. Let's go over four years uh, for Evgeny Malkin, the guy who said he was gonna have test free agency. Evgeny Malkin, yeah, isn't that the guy that the Leafs got for Mason Marchman? Oh, yeah. well, surely his playing days are done. Um, 
Evgeny Malkin. Eh? Yeah, he's... Uh, he's a guy. He's... <laughs> Imagine we just left it at that with Malkin. Okay, I thought he was going to capital. <laughs> I, I thought it was in the bag. Oh, see, Mal- I've been saying this for years. Malkin always struck me as a guy that, like, toward the end of his career, was just going to throw a curveball and be like, oh, I'm going to fucking Dallas or something right random. You know what I mean? I always kind of thought Malkin was going to do that. Uh, kudos to him, I guess, for not doing it. Um, He'll be 36 before this deal kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the term kind of is what it is, right? Because the Penguins are, the Penguins are at, like, an impossible situation, right? Like, like, what do you do? You're, you're still, at least you're going to trick yourself into thinking that you're still good enough to win a Stanley Cup. And I don't think that they're bad enough where I'm like, that's a ridiculous thought. Like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they win one more Stanley Cup. I think it's highly unlikely. But the possibility's there. Just get in. So, exactly. And and they are one of those teams where it's just, yeah, whatever. If they go to the conference finals next year, I'll be like, sure. Because that division fucking blows anyway. So, it might happen. Um... So it, the, the term is whatever, because it's just like, this team is so beyond fucked anyway, mm-hmm. that you may as well just, like, it, it's one of those things where uh, you're, like, wringing out the towel to try to get all the moisture out of it kind of oh, thing, okay. and there's just a little bit of dampness left in there, but you keep okay. wringing it anyway, right? You want this yeah. towel nice and dry, sure. right? And there might still be moisture left in the towel, I guess. And you don't want to throw it in yet because it's not dry yet. Is Waste that... up a laundry podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Buttons Bedazzle, ya. Yeah. ESPN. Uh, James Coldwash. Uh, Evander Kane. Re-up- oh, you didn't have any thoughts on Malkin? No. No. Really. I mean, like, I, I thought he was going to go elsewhere, but the fact that he didn't didn't surprise me, and this is... When, whenever you're a slam dunk first ballot Hall of Fame player there it is. Uh, that's going to come back to the same team that you've only ever played for, this is the contract you get. Not as much as the last one, but not so little that people are like, oh, he's, he's rigging the system so they win. Or they, you know, no, this, this is on par. This is what he would have gotten. Anyway, yeah. So. It's one of those things, right, where, you know, What's it going to do? Is he going to go somewhere for three years and sign for $8 million? No. The Penguins are going to give you $24 million no matter what. Who cares how they break exactly. up the payments? Exactly. Um, You'll retire before that contract ends. I do. Probably. I, probably. feel obligated to point it out, too, because there's you know a lot of a lot of people saying a lot of stuff about Evgeny Malkin. 42 points, 41 games last year. Sure. Still a good player. Who can't play a full season, ever. Um, well, playoffs are only two months long, my guy. Right. Evander Kane ringing up with the Oilers, four years, five point one. Yeah. Little longer, a little richer than I thought he would get, but mm-hmm. I'm not shocked mm-hmm. completely for a guy that did all of his work in like three games in the playoffs. Good for you, I guess. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What do you have? Like like eight goals in three games. In that first round? I, uh, I, can, I can't really say, James. I chose not to watch the Oilers because they uh, paid Evander Kane money last year. And I'm going yeah. to do the same thing next year. So He played five games in the NHL, AHL last year. 
a terrible person. I so. should not have said that against Matt Murray. I, yeah. I retract yeah. my statement. That's right. Yeah. Maybe one day Matt, uh, Evander Kane will uh, return to his uh, uh, illustrious ways, which haven't happened uh, since here ever. Um, <laughs> it's, it says here. Andrew Potulowski, I don't know who that is. I just want to move on from Evander Kane. Uh, Madison Bowie with the Habs. Good for him. Oh, cool. Cool. What's that's the deal? One year, one year, seven fifty probably something. I think like that. that's the first official deal of free agent frenzy. Oh, that's we're in a free agent frenzy. Yeah. Congrats yeah. to hey, cheers. Yeah, good for Madison, Madison Bowie. Yeah. yeah, world junior legend. Colin White gets a one-year deal, 1.2 for Florida. Love it. Yep. I don't necessarily... I'm I'm not going to lie. I don't necessarily think that there is anything there, but it's worth a shot. I'm sure Florida will make many smart decisions the rest of the day. (laughs) Um, Nicholas Patan signs a two-year deal with Florida, or uh, sorry, uh, Minnesota. uh, Sure. For league men. I love Nick Patan. I hope he gets a shot. There we go. Vinny Letary. Yeah. True or false? Sopranos character or Boston Bruins <laughs> signee? Yeah, I think he worked at Satriali's there in the Rick second season both. there. <laughs> Trick question. Yeah, played by Joe Pantoliano's yeah. cousin. And speaking of cousins, Nick Cousins gets a deal with the Florida Panthers Ooh. for two years at 1.1. Um, like Vinny Lettieri, mm. I Cousin. couldn't tell you anything that Nick Cousins done over the last two years. Mm. Um, there are worse hockey players, I guess. Yeah. Sticking with the Italian team, Philip Di Giuseppe hey. a deal with Vancouver hey. for one-year league men. Buongiorno. Yeah. And also, you should. Where did he go? Vancouver. Oh, congrats. Uh, Robert Thomas, co-writer of the song Smooth, mm. signs a eight-year deal at 8.125 with the St. Louis Blues. Bobby T. Yeah. <laughs> Good deal. Also a Sopranos character. Great deal. Yes. I, I had some people pushing back on this. It's, they, these are the people you give eight-year deals to, are the 23-year-olds. Not the 29-year-olds. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. He had a breakout year last year. I, I understand that he's not done anything remotely close to that in his NHL career before last year. I, I get it. Uh, this he's is a breakout sometimes. This is a guy who, at 23, had over a point per game, was partly one of the, like, was partly, if not the reason, that the St. Louis Blues were anything to uh, be concerned about last year. Yeah. Um,. He had over a point per game in his first full year in the National Hockey League as a number one center. Uh, and all did that while being like a top 15 defensive forward in the NHL. Yeah. Um, when I said he's going to Selkie at some point in his career. Yeah, he had a Patrice Bergeron season oh, yeah. um, earlier than I think Patrice Bergeron ever really had a Patrice Bergeron season. So... Yeah, it's it's a, it's a big step in the right direction. There you go. Um, great deal. Love, Love the it. signing. Love it. And I do, despite their Jordan Bennington's, uh, like the Blues. So I'm yeah. happy about uh, that signing. Uh, 
backup's not much better. Yeah. Uh, Terry, well, they're uh, going to get along at least. Uh, Terry Lekkinen gets a five-year deal, four and a half. Yeah, that's uh, nuts. Avalanche. <laughs> that's nuts, he says. That's if only we could have like, given our second line centerman that much money. It's just like it's one of the yes. it's one of those things where it's like I don't even think it's like a bad deal. I just think it's nuts. Like just crazy oh, that our Terry Lekkinen's like a a five year deal guy. This like, is fucked. This guy had crazy. thirty points once. Yeah. He what are you talking about? he was good for the Avalanche when he got there. Uh, he has scored a big goal. He has, and I guess always has had. It's worth noting good underlying numbers, um, which like the whole thing with the Habs, even when he was there, you know, back when they had that first line for a few years there, that was just you know great under underlying numbers, but they couldn't score. Lekkinen was not on that line and was one of the only forwards mm. on the team that always had very good underlying numbers without playing with any of those guys. Yeah, um, I think Lekkinen is a good player. I I would be surprised if this is the number that he should be at. Um, but I don't think it's far off. I, I think he's a very good third-line winger. You ever look at a, a hockey card for a player? I said, like, wow, they had a ton of goals their rookie year. And then never seemed to match that number. Okay. That's our Terry Lekin. He's got 18 goals in a rookie year. Has yet to get back there. We had 19 this year. <laughs> There's <Sorry>. that. <laughs> he very recently Sorry, matched you're, that. You're right. I'm seeing 13 with Montreal. Like, even still, though, right? Six like, he, 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 had a, right. he had a great playoff run. He had 8 and 22. Like, you know, he's. Uh, I don't know. He's He was good on Colorado. Yeah. Now, having said that, um, is it something that he's going to keep doing? I, I don't know. They seem convinced that he will. I don't think it's the worst bet. A 29-year-old Nick Bukestad missing his college days decides to sign with Arizona for uh, $900,000. Oh, man. There's, there's, a, there's a comedy movie in there somewhere. That's we're fucked. just like... Like... It would be a good like hockey comedy movie in just like a scenario where you wrote a movie where like Yarmor Yager, Roberto Luongo... Not even, not even Yarmer Yager. Like Roberto Luongo, who's like other guys that haven't won a cup, like Aginla, like just like a f four buddies, four older buddies, signed with the Coyotes to try to get their cup and to try to get their degree, and then just a whole bunch of shenanigans happen, kind of thing, you know. Right for both teams. Right. Yeah. Owen Wilson. It's a transgender film. Owen Wilson as. Uh, Who's like a blonde guy that never got a cup? As like Daniel Alfredson. Okay. Not that I'm a fan or anything like that. I need to clarify that. Who's like uh, like Vince Vaughn as Roberto Luongo. Okay. Okay. Eric Andre as Jerome McGinley. Right. And then a fourth guy. It's a good. It's a good movie. Could be. Uh, <laughs> Michael Hutchinson still in the league signs really? uh, one year deal with the Golden Knights. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's basically Mike McKenna. You may as well go hang out with him. Let's have a good time. Yeah. Uh, Josh Brown signs with uh, the Coyotes to have a college experience along uh, Nick Bukestad. He is not good. 
Uh, Brett Howden escapes Arizona to sign a one-year deal with the Golden Knights. Not great. Not for 1.5. What's the 1.5? Yeah, one year. What the hell did he do last year to get 1.5? Let's take a look. Brett Howden? Is that the Howden you said? That's that's the one. There's like a few of them. Brett Howden. Oh, 20 points, 47 games. Look at that, eh? Big jump from 7 points in 42 the year before. Yeah. What could go wrong? Well, I don't know. He's going to be playing Pacioretty's role, I guess. Uh, Well, here's hoping. Yeah. Uh, who's next? Uh, Laurent Defon, one yeah. year for Arizona, good for him. Yeah, he loves it there. Uh, Troy Stetcher gets a uh, college experience for one point two five. The stretch man. What is the deal with teams? Just <laughs> what's the deal with Troy Stetcher? Uh, you know what I mean? Though, like people seem to, I don't know. One year, one point two five. I mean, like I, you know, I'm not saying he needs more than that, but like Arizona's. That's where you had to go? I guess. I don't know. I like the stretch man. I would I would sign him. I think he's good. Uh, Ryan Winterton becomes the first draftee to sign an ELC. I'm going to say it, James. You made him up. Uh, the... Next next year when we do this roundup, yeah. throw in like four or five made-up guys and okay. see if I can spot them. Fair enough. Okay? I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Winterton uh, drafted uh, third round. 67th overall, like a Kraken, a year ago. Okay. Uh, he's only 18, so that mm. might have been illegal. I'm, I'm not sure. Congrats. Uh, yeah, whatever. Moving on. Um, Connor Carrick. One year with the Boston Bruins. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Bruins made like eight signings in a row there, uh, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all four. Yeah. Uh, Crazy. Uh, Carrick. AJ Greer, Keith Kincaid, and Daniel Renouf. Keith Kincaid, hey, that rocks. Good for him. Uh, Kale Clegg with the Sabres. League men, sure. Yeah. Eric Comrie, because the Sabres couldn't get Matt Murray. Uh, they get him for two years at 1.8. I'd probably prefer that over Matt Murray. 1.8. Total or per, average? Per, for two years. Oof. That's, that's a lot. Um, you'd probably prefer him over Matt Murray. Yeah, I mean, I don't agree, but that's a that's fair. Mm. That's fair. Mm. Um, Jacob Melanson is a real person I can't imagine. Uh, Andreas Eglund with the avalanche, I guess, is, is the thing. Nick Letty with the Blues. Four years, four per. Nick Letty's still going. Bit rich for my blood. It's fine. Think so? It's, yeah. It's less than we was making before this. <laughs> so true you are. Yeah. James. 24 points last year, I guess. Like, yeah. It's it's fine. Uh, Nick Laddie's one of those guys where I think I've said it for years. If he wants to reinvent his game uh, and become like a defensive defenseman, he he skates so well that he could be like a premier shutdown defenseman. But oh, yeah. I don't know if he wants to, or moreover, if he's capable of doing that. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out. We will find out. Uh, Charlie Hutton is the guy. Charlie uh, Huddy. 
Jonas Johansson. Who signed Charlie Huddy? He's Avalanche. like 62. Yeah, Guy's last Stanley Cup was in like 1988. Did I get that right? The Oilers. Did I get that right? I must have yeah. probably. Yeah, I nailed that one yeah, too. I just kind of, I just kind of picked a year. He might have won with the uh, Oilers '90. Uh, Ooh, you, may, you sure. could be right. Let's look yeah. it up. Charlie Huddy. You, you keep going there. I'm uh, doing. I'm busy here. I'm Jonas looking up Charlie Johansson Huddy. with the Avs uh, to play goal. Charlie Huddy. Charlie Huddy was on the Oilers in '90. Damn. There you go. Damn. Let's go. Let's go. Charlie Huddy. Congrats. Nathan Steos. I'm assuming he's related to Steve. I hope. You'd hope so. I can't imagine he's not. Uh, three years with the Panthers. Congrats. Cool. Yeah. Colin D'Elia. Uh, personal friend of yours, I, I, I believe. Colin D'Elia. Colin D'Elia, no? <laughs> what do you mean Colin DeJackie? Oh. Oh, friend of the podcast. Both goalies, so you see my confusion. Yes, yeah. yeah. What De, what team did Leah sign uh, for? He, he's with Vancouver now. Oh, well, and he hops around like this, oh. so that's fine. Good good, good luck to you. Colin with two L's, may I add. That's, no, no, that's not my buddy. I wouldn't I wouldn't be friends with a guy like that. Cool. Uh, Josh Manson, going back to the uh, team he won a cup with, four years, uh, four and a half mil. Yeah, I don't, I don't care for this, to be honest with you. Like, bring back the guy that helped you win a cup, sure. Yeah. And, like, it's clear that he's not going to be your top pair defenseman. You'd hope not. Based on who do you have. Yeah. Um, yeah, you are down bad if that's the situation. You know, like, give him four years if you want to, but I, I don't know why you're giving him almost five million. Yeah, give him three. Yeah. Second pair guy for three, sure. Four and a half. Like I just don't think Josh Manson was like crucial enough at any point there that they needed to scramble Not to try all. to keep him. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Like I, I would, honest to God, especially with how good that they are on their own anyway. Like I would almost rather have like Keaton Middleton in the fucking lineup for. You know what I mean? Next to nothing, um, than to bring in Josh Manson at four point five. Like especially too, like this is a guy who's played a lot of minutes over the last few years, a lot of hard minutes. Um, I don't necessarily like this bet. I don't think it sinks the Avalanche, but what I will say is that I do think that, like we've talked about succeeding in today's NHL on how you really can't have a deadweight contract in your lineup. Like, you just can't. You need to efficiently spend. I will declare this the first bad contract for the Colorado Avalanche. Wow. And it's not even horrible, but it's not It's not great. Alright. Yeah. Uh, fuck. What's his name? Uh, I don't know. You're looking at it. I'm not. Uh, Brendan Lemieux, one just year. Just roasted me on that one. Ooh, bad guy. Yeah. Bad, bad guy. Bad guy. It's a podcast by Billy Alish. Good song. Well, is it? You like bad guy? Yeah. A little overplayed, but it's a good song. Mitchell Stevens, one year in Montreal. You like Billy Eilish? No, eh? 
No. Man, she's, you know, she's... What's the like? <laughs> she's cool, man. Grow up a little bit, and oh we'll talk. God. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. Anybody younger than my younger sister, I need some time. Anybody younger? Yeah. It's my younger sister. What about Mitch Marner? Same age. No. He's younger. Really? Yeah. Right, give me time. You, you're going to need time? He's No, he's, he's proved he's put the time in. He's, oh, he's, he's put the time in. Okay. What about... Fuck, I don't know. Who's younger than your sister? What about those guys from One Direction? They're like our age, I guess. Eh? Fuck <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking they're like 20. Yeah, no, I guess they're like our age. Uh, who's next here? Brendan Smith. Her generic name. Crazy. Where'd he... Two years. Two years. Get, get where'd he go? Get fucked. Where'd he go? Are you kidding me? Where'd he go? Okay. Two years. Brendan okay. Smith. Let me let me let me do this. It says here right defenseman, left defenseman, slash left wing. Okay. That tells you everything you don't know about that guy. So Yeah. What's the dollar amount? It'll help me solve. One point one. Per? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um it can't be a team that is good with analytics. I'll say Florida. Devils. <laughs> God. Yeah. They're rebuilding. Yeah. What are you doing? Play with the uh, kids. The Hurricanes. Uh, not the Hurricanes. Oh, the, you the, can the, play the, the kids. The, the Knights and a guy named Sheldon, I guess. Good for them. Sheldon. Yeah. Young? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, they also signed Byron Frace. Still a guy. Still going. 31 years old. Congrats to Byron Fraser. 31 years old. Is that what he is? He'll be 33 by the time that contract ends. Where'd he sign? Vegas. Alright, well, that's not bad. Louis Domingue goes to the uh, team he ate pork against. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy, funny stuff. Mm, to fill in for Ugh. Georgia, I guess. No, that's not good, actually. If that's your second string goalie, that's not good. Get me some pork. Yeah. Uh, the Blues signed Will Arnett. Sorry, Will Will Bitten. Uh, they signed Will Bitten. Yeah. Will Will, will bit me. Bit, will bit you? Will bitten. bitten. Will bit I you. I will bit. You're welcome to turn off the podcast at uh, this point, Noel folks. Achari goes to the Blues as well. I like Noel Achari. I like the signing. I guess so. Yeah, I'm I sure. think he's Whatever. I think he's cool. What did he get? One point two five. One year. I like Noel Cherry. Claude Giroux gets three years with the Sens at six and a half. Cloud. Cloud. Um. Fire the lasers. <laughs> Frau, hey, good old mm. Frau. Um. It's not gonna go as well as I think he thinks. It's not quite Patrick Marlowe to Leafs, is it? Not quite. No, no, Marlowe, sorry, uh, well, no, I, Giroux has more in the tank than I think when Marlowe made that signing. Um, I still think Giroux's a pretty productive player. Uh, he's certainly not a superstar anymore, but he is, uh, he's a pretty good player still. Um, he definitely moves the needle for Ottawa, like, I, I would say that too. Um, but 
I don't think he moves the needle quite as much as people. Oh, he had 102 points with the Flyers. Think. Yeah. Team. Yeah. Jeez. Remember, remember there, Claude Drew was best player in the world for like 12 years or something. Oh, like but that. that was like back in 2011. <laughs> he had 102 points in 2018. Yeah, he had a good year. He, he wasn't wasn't he third in hard voting? I want to say too. Yeah. Third or fourth, anyway. He was should, he was very been? high in the Maybe in the conversation that year. That was the year because that was the Taylor Hall year, wasn't it? What was? So that that was that was the Taylor Hall year. So that was the year that like all of them were like it was like him, Kopitar, Hall, yeah, and McKinnon I mean, were yeah. all like just nuts that year. I think. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I I like Claude Giroux's got a lot to give, and I think he's going to help out the Senators a lot. Um, it just it just. I don't know. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me for a guy who is, like, just notoriously super, super fucking hungry to win a Stanley Cup. I understand that he is based out of Ottawa, uh, you know, but... I guess. I, I don't really understand the signing other than, I guess, to him, that's him going home. I guess. I, I don't really know. Like... I think Ottawa is getting closer, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they add Debrinkat, they add Giroux. Um, in theory, their younger guys, you would hope, are going to get better. That's the case in, for most teams, although Ottawa does not spend very much money on player development, so that's kind of remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of a bizarre fit. To be honest with you, this is a guy that I think wants to be a complimentary piece to a Stanley Cup team. And so even though, you know, Tampa and Colorado and, you know, uh, maybe the Blues, like, don't have the money to go out and fucking sign this guy. uh, There are teams that are somewhat close to a Stanley Cup, or closer than Ottawa anyway, that you would think would have probably been able to sign this guy. Mm -hmm. Um so, I don't. I don't know. It, it, it to me, I think it's a bizarre fit. It's it's a weird trip for a guy that wants to win a cup. It's it's one thing to go supposedly home and, and play with your hometown team, right? Which confuses me as well because like he's not from Ottawa, but um, I and, suppose when you're from Hearst, you're more likely going to spend time in Ottawa right. than Toronto. But, like, there's also that aspect of, like, if not here, where? And sure, maybe there weren't enough yeah. teams lining up for Claude Giroux, but I don't really know why. I find Ottawa that hard to believe, though. Choice? Yeah. Yeah. I just. I find it hard to believe that the Oilers didn't reach out to him. I find it hard to believe that. Yeah. Um, there's a few teams that the Hurricanes didn't reach out to him there's, too. There's like, a few teams where, like, you're right, like the Oilers and the Hurricanes, especially, where it's like maybe they had their hands in other pots and they were hoping for different outcomes, and we can't commit the money to you because we hope so and so signs here with us, and we don't know till he doesn't. But to jump onto Ottawa day one. Like, yeah, he had his mind made up. Like, Giroux's a guy where it's like, if you wait a week, and it's like, okay, we're sending with Ottawa. It's like, okay, that's that's all you have. That's all the, the best you're going to get. Sure. No one's going to judge you for that. But to jump in there day one was... 
definitely a bizarre type of marriage between two people that are just we know this isn't going to last you know we know this is doomed you're going to four more weddings this summer yeah yeah don't make a speech um yeah i don't i don't know i I, it's just i feel like there were other spots even when you look at teams that are kind of up and coming and and are sort of going to be knocking on the door i i understand that the senators are maybe more desirable than a couple of those other teams in in a way Mm -hmm. you know like i think the devil's roster should be closer um, sure. Debatably, even like I, I'm not even married to that opinion, but you know, the, the other thing there is, for me, the one thing kind of holding the devils back is I don't think Lindy Ruff is ever going to be able the guy to bring them over the hump. Like they need a new coach. Yeah, you definitely would say the same thing about the Senators. I think though, like I don't, I personally have no faith in DJ Smith at all as a head coach at the NHL level. DJ Smith is, I hate to uh, open up a fresh wound here, DJ Smith is very Charlie Montoyo to me. He's there, the guys like him, I think, and uh, he's just going to kind of see the rebuild through. But now this team's decided that they want to compete for a playoff spot. And I think it's bizarre that on their priority list this summer... A coach was not on the list. That's the strange thing for me. Yeah. And everyone talks about, like, Ottawa's looking better. I think Ottawa looks better. I'd be shocked if they added more than, like, five or six wins this summer. Like, I just don't see it out of this team. Yeah, but, like, you can only blame Matt Murray so much. He played 20 games last year, right? Like, that's another thing, too. Like, you're, you're, I've heard many people say that this week. Sure, but well, they also played your guy Gustafson, and he was worse than Matt Murray last year, yeah, right? Like they're going to play Cam Talbot. Right, so it's the same point, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's they, they didn't get any better by moving on from Matt Murray. Right. You know? The well, goalie? they might have gotten better, but... <laughs> Yan Ruda, Pittsburgh. Three years. Yeah. 2.75. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not good. <laughs> um... I happen to like Rudder, however, uh, uh, Rudder is a um, bottom-pairing defenseman, and a solid one, but he is a bottom-pairing defenseman, uh, and I don't think that the Penguins are going to play him on the bottom-pairing, so he may get uh, exposed a little bit. Um, I, I guess I'll put it this way. I think Jan Ruda is a solid defenseman in sheltered minutes, but I'm not sure that the Penguins are going to play him appropriately. So, mm. we'll see. Victor Olfsson, two years, 4.75 for Buffalo. Gotta pay somebody. I like Olfsson. Sure. Sure. Nikita Zadorev, two years, 3.75 for Calgary. It's a bit much. 
Gotta pay somebody, I guess. It's a bit much. They're not paying that other guy. Well, what's the deal? Two years, 3.75. It's about two years, 3.75 more than I would have mm. given him, for sure. Mm. I like that. Uh, John Gillies in Arizona. Holy fuck. One year. They are just... They're just... Committed to the bit, aren't they? Boko Anama, also in Arizona. Good for him, I guess. I don't know. Yep. Uh, Andre Kasha, one year, 1.5 in Carolina. Yep. Sure. Fine. Yeah, good, good for, for good for him. Yeah. Max Domi, one year, three mil, Chicago. Perfect fit. F- f- sure. Crappy guy, crappy team. Oh, I didn't think it was crappy. They also brought in uh, Andreas Athanasiu for the same uh, exact deal. Yeah. He is the most, like, holy shit, he's still around guy for me in the league. Sure. Uh, and it's not even like I think he's particularly terrible, but I'm not exactly sure what his, uh, what his role is. And he just keeps, teams just keep trucking him out there. Okay. He's fast. They also sure. signed Colin Blackwell to a two-year deal, one point two. I will miss him. Yeah, I like I love him dearly. Actually, it's a bit of a soft or a bit of a bit of a bit of a sore one that one. Blackhawks also brought in uh, Alex Stalock, Brett Senny, and Luke Flip for uh, one-year league minimum deals. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. to everybody. Uh, Darren Helm, one point two five in Colorado. Crazy. One year. Crazy. Where was he going to go, I guess, was the question. Uh, home. David, home. David Riddick in Winnipeg for uh, 900000 No save, Dave. Should be good. Should be good. The uh, You know. Same deal for Josh Archibald. Like, like it, it, it's, sorry. It's just like, it's become very clear that Vasilevsky can play like 55, 60 games and still be good. And maybe Shisterkin can. We haven't found out yet for sure. But I would say Connor Hallibuck has established himself as a guy that, like young John Gibson, probably should have only played 50 games a year. And now John Gibson's terrible because I think he's just gotten run into the ground to the point where he's sure. just fucked. Yeah. Um, I, I really am concerned with the workload that Connor Hallibuck gets mm-hmm. uh, as a guy that has to watch him routinely and um yeah i know i don't really know that dave riddick should be the second best goaltender on your roster i thought he was the third string but yeah that'd be good but yeah. that i don't believe is the case at the moment but you know things can happen so uh ryan strom to anaheim for five years five mil let's hear it Okay, what? You, you you sounded like you had a tone there. I was curious. I thought well, maybe... it, it's the wrong Strom for for the wrong deal. How dare you? How dare you? I like Ryan Strom. I I, I like the signing. Um, five years? Yeah, five mil. It's not a huge deal. It's not a monster deal. I think Ryan. What second highest paid guy on the team? Well, whatever. You know, it's still 
it's still five million at this point for a centerman is like especially like a decent one is almost what you would pay like a very good third line center. They're gonna play him in a top six role, however. But uh, I, Ryan Strom's solid. Like I, I, I thought he was really, really good in New York. Um, sometimes with good line mates, sometimes with bad line mates, and uh, I like what he brings. He's a good. He's a good. Uh, I hate to use the term because it's such a cliche. Good locker room guy, sure. which is good. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> I don't know. Five years, perhaps a little long. You know, maybe I'd be a little bit more comfortable five years or four years, five million. But uh, I think I think it's about right for an upcoming team to see what he can do for you. Curtis Lazar gets a three-year deal with the Canucks for a mil per. I actually like it. Sure. To be honest with you, yeah. Uh, Ilya Labushkin. The Bear. Two years of Buffalo. The Bush. Two years? Yeah. I thought it was a one year. 2.7. Two years, 2.7 per. Mm. 2.7 per or yeah. total? 2.7 per. Okay, I'm just making sure I didn't see the wrong deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit much, but he's... he's I like I like the bear. It's good. Yeah. Not looking forward to my team having to play against him. Because mm. he is not fun for that reason. But, mm. yeah. Thomas, Hitler had some good points. Grace... Uh, one year, oh. 1.25 in St. Louis. <laughs> it's so long ago now, I actually don't even remember what the story was there. I just remember he is a questionable person for sure. Yeah, well, he made some Nazi pro remarks. Right, in no. Germany, was it? Was it? Was it that? I, th- I, did, I thought it was more even just like he liked a bunch of like Maybe. pro Hitler stuff. But he's German. No, I'm not defending yeah. it. I'm just more or less yeah. trying to sort out the actual detail sure. of it anyway. But, I mean... Who cares? Uh, yeah, regardless. Uh, guy sucks. Uh, yeah, bad guy. Um, what's the deal? One year, 1.25. Just keep the goalies down at the other end of the ice and try not to mingle them with the team too much. Dennis Mulligan back from Switzerland with the Leafs for one year league men. I did think it was funny that people were, like, kind of upset about this. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was what funny. Want, what do you want him to do? It's fucking I don't know. He's, he's a guy. Fuck it. At least you, you know him. Let's go. You know him. He can skate. Bring him in. See what happens. Exactly. Uh, Yaroslav Halak filling in uh, for 1.5 mil with the Rangers. Yeah. So, I guess Louis Domingue isn't the backup. Oh, then I like the Domingue signing yeah. now that we get to there this. Yeah. yeah, it makes more sense now. Still don't like the Halak signing necessarily, but yeah, at least they have depth at a position where um, they're built around. Yeah. So, not that Halak has been particularly good. Uh, well, I think it was just last year he wasn't very good. I think he was fine a year ago in Boston still. Um, he was bad in Vancouver last year for the most part anyway, but... Um, and I hate to use the Matt Murray logic on this one too, but like Halak is another goalie where he got lit up for like eight goals on like 11 shots one night or something. It was something absurd. Like it was just like, maybe not that, but it was like, it was like seven. No, I remember it. It was seven goals on 12 shots and they were down like seven, one after the first period and they pulled him. And I'm like, you should have maybe done that seven minutes ago when it was four, one. 
Um, so yeah, that didn't help his numbers either. But I mean, I don't know how good he is, but uh, hopefully we don't need to find out too much. Uh, Adam Gaudet to the Leafs. One year. Leave him. Sure. Don't care for him, but I mean, if he's like your 17th forward, that's fine. Ian Cole, one year, three mil, Tampa. I actually quite like this signing. Um, because essentially what they've done is gotten rid of four years and $3.75 million worth of Ryan McDonough and gotten a slightly worse Ryan McDonough for a year. Like, he, he is a top top five defensive defenseman anyway. You know, like, if, if he's on your second pairing, but he's, like, not the best of the two on the pairing, then I think you're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very, very solid defensive defenseman. For one year, fucking rights. Ian Cole. I like the signing a lot. Leafs send their starting goaltender Ilya Samsonov to the <laughs> 1.8. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have anything you wanted to say directly on that? I think it's a smart, savvy kind of signing where... I was pumped. You're, you're going to tell a guy, like, you know, come in, prove it, tell us what you can do. Off your last year... Prior to that, not a terrible goalie. Limited minutes is the problem, right? So, um, I don't know. See what happens, I guess. Yeah. You won goalie of the year of the KHL a couple years ago. Read into that as you will. So. Yeah, I mean, he he has kind of... He was kind of a mess last year. Um Especially when I watched, like, it was just, uh, I don't know, I found myself watching a decent amount of Capitals for some, for some reason. Uh, oh, the, I, no, I do remember. They have this Ovechkin guy. Mm. <clears throat> um, it's kind of a mess, but I mean, like, at the time when they drafted him, they drafted him in an era where to take a goalie in the first round, like, there was like a four-year lull there. I'm not saying he was the only guy to go in the first round. But it was like any time you took a goalie in the first round, it was like, holy fuck. Like a hush fell over the arena. It was like, Jesus fucking Christ, what are they doing? And I remember watching the draft because that was a rare draft where I was at home watching. And everyone was just kind of like, oh my God, like they must really, really believe in him. And then they're like, oh, let's go over to the panel, you know, see what they're saying. And like Sam Cosentino and Elliot Friedman and whoever the fuck else was on the panel was like, yeah, he's really fucking good. Like he has a lot of just... He just moves really pure in the net. His technique is there. He just kind of needs to, like, get his, like, body weight down to the right amount to, like, control his movement a little yeah. better and, like, just shit like that. But, like, the athleticism's insane and the and the hockey IQ is, like, all there. And, um, look, he certainly doesn't remind me of Vasilevsky necessarily, but, like, you could say a lot of the same things about him in that sense, too. So, it's a first-round talent where you're still trying to hone in on exactly what he is. Mm-hmm. And, um, hopefully... I was shocked the Caps moved on from him. You were, eh? Yeah. I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like, it's one of those situations where... Okay, well, let me ask you something, though, because I know we're going to get to it. I know they signed one goalie, but they moved on from Samsonov and they moved on from Vanacek. 
So who do they only have the one goalie? Like I don't remember if they brought in a second goalie this. Yeah. Right, but who's yeah. the other guy? Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like you, you know what I mean. If you're gonna move on from one, uh, anyway. But eighty-nine games for a guy that you drafted first overall, or mm-hmm. not first overall, yeah. first round. It's like they goalies might... don't develop till this age, and he's this age, and. The one thing I will say is that if they want to move on from a guy that they know, I trust that they have their reasons. I'm just not saying that that is necessarily the best move. I mean, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again constantly, is that at a certain point some guys just reach a point where they're at with that team that a miracle will not save them with that team. Like, they just, they're never going to reach their potential. It's like a job where you just fucking hate the job. And no matter what, like, they can keep throwing money at you and they can keep promoting you. But at the end of the day, if you're just, if you hate where you are, you're never going to fucking reach your full potential, right? And it's sort of the same thing where if he kind of just got stuck in a rut and he just kind of was what he was. And they're like, you know what? Let's just cut this guy loose. And even just for his sake, let him move on. Maybe that's what happened here, right? Um, but anyway, we're analyzing him in Washington when in reality we should be looking at it from a Leafs standpoint. Uh, seems to be a good, talented goaltender. I'd good like to rush. see what they can do with good him. Um, and I did not note this earlier, too, because I was kind of critical about it because we were talking about Matt Murray, so we were being all negative. Um, Curtis Sanford, the Leafs' new goaltending coach, uh, was Ian Clark's understudy in Vancouver. So... I like that, considering he's developed some goaltenders in the past. Samsonov and RFA at the end of his contract as well. So, that's some control of the guy. We like that. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got? Eric Gustafson signs a one-year deal with Washington at $800,000. Okay. Cool. Charlie Lindgren, three years, $1.1 mil in Washington. They're your backup. Right. Wasn't it like a three-year deal, though? Three-year. 1.1. Crazy to me. I don't know. Mm. That's bizarre. Uh, Calvin Pickard in Edmondson for two years. I guess Ryan Fanti's debut is going to wait for a while. No, I think that's... I think this is an easier one, man. Yeah? Calvin Pickard, former Leaf. Well, Edmonton. Yeah. I'm saying Ryan Fanti. He's going to wait a bit. You think so? Ryan Pickard. He's like the fourth string goalie now. He was the second, now he's the fourth. Hmm. I think it's entirely possible that Ryan Fanti's better than Mike Smith. Mike Smith's a free agent, no? No, they still have him. Holy shit. (laughs) Oh my god. That's not good. Isn't that cool? Yeah, man. Multi-year deal when they signed Sorry, him. Ryan. Remember the old term? Multi-year. Colin Miller to the uh, Stars for two years, 1.8. Colin Miller to the Stars. I didn't even hear about that. Say that again. Colin Miller <laughs> to the Stars for two years, 1.8. 1.8 per? Yeah. That's a tidy That's a tidy little signing. It's okay. I kind of like that. It's a little old, but... Didn't even hear about that. I like it. Dominic Kubelik to the uh, Red Wings, uh, two years, two and a half mil. Not a bad little signing. Sure. I did know about that one. Yeah. Good signing. I like that sure. one, though. Uh, Vinny Trocek to the Rangers, seven years, 5.6. Yeah. 
There's a lot to unpack on it's that one. It's long. It's about right cap wise, I think, but it's, it's definitely three years too long. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Trojack's tough, man. Like literally, but like also like like figuratively oh, too, oh, where it's yeah. like. Uh, look, he played a full year last year. Okay. But his injury history is very sketchy. Yeah. Um, I hope that he is healthy and is conceivably going to remain healthy. So I'm going to operate under the that assumption... That should be said for most of these guys. For sure. Yeah. What I will say, though, is that if he stays healthy, this is a good signing. I think it's an upgrade over Ryan Strom. And um, it's maybe still a bit rich, mm. but I think it's probably the right player for that team Okay. in that role. Um, but I am concerned about injuries. Uh, yeah. Andre's, I guess we'll see. Andre sister, one year in Minnesota. Very cool that he's still around. Uh, Uri Slavkovsky, three-year deal with Montreal. Big boy. Sure. (laughs) Did you see the video of him? Like, I mean, obviously everyone saw the video of him breaking the bike off the ice there. He's doing the cycle for training. Did you see that one? Yeah. He broke the fucking cycle there because he's just so big, right? Right. But... So big. But, uh, did you see the video of him on the ice? at rookie camp and he just like gets the puck he, like turns around and he just like loses it and like he goes and he gets it a couple more seconds later and he gets it and he loses it and then he fucking like it's like this 45 second video of him just like, he looks terrible mm-hmm. granted it's day one of rookie camp like yeah. who cares right yeah. and the tweet was motherfucker is Pierre Engvall and they picked him first over <laughs> 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 I was watching and I'm like yeah like I think Engvall's got better hands, you know? Just in that video, it was... Uh, okay. It made me laugh. It was good. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko, hoping to be the next Kuro Kaprizov, 26-year-old, uh, signs a one-year deal with the Canucks. Um, I am not familiar, but... Okay. Next, Kaprizov. But... Yeah? Yeah. What's it, What's his deal? Uh, long-standing, like, uh, just unrestricted... Like undrafted guy from Russia, Andre Kuzmenko. Big, big number over, uh, big numbers over Ooh. Russia. Fifty-two points in forty-five games last year for Ska. Like just yeah. And the Canucks signed him. Yeah, it's gonna be buddies with Pod Colson. Could be. I like that. Uh, who's next year? Uh, Marcus Johansson goes back to Washington in one year, one point one. Yeah. The, the, the Capitals are really, I think, the team that's just going to flop next year, honestly. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't. Could be. I just don't really see where this team's going. I feel like everything they got right now is getting worse. Backstrom is conceivably, what, not no, playing last yeah, next done. year, right? No, he's done. So, really, what... what you know what I mean? Like, what, what, what do they have now? It's just a roster of guys oh, that are... Steadily declining. They don't have anybody young coming in next year that's like going to be all that great. I think they have that Hendricks Lapierre. Like, hopefully he can step in soon. Yeah, maybe. But that's about it. 
I don't know. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev to Vancouver, four years, 4.7. I, unlike most, think it's a good signing. I think that's what he was going to get. And I... I think it's a bad signing. Do you? I, I, I think it's pretty fair. Mm. Yeah. Bit rich, but that's what he commanded, given what he did last year, so... Yeah, I mean, like, it's yeah. it's also tough, too, right, because... It's a three-year sample size, but you have one year there that's eliminated because of the injury. You know, that that uh, bubble yeah. season there yeah. where they were playing the Canadian division. Like, I don't really know what you make of that. So, his rookie year before he got hurt, he was lighting the world on fire. Last year when he got back, he was hotter than hell. So, um, you know, you, you would like to think that he is this legitimate, like, scoring threat 50 point sort of guy mm-hmm. um because that's the way it's trending mm-hmm. uh regardless though like even if he is a uh 38 to 45 point guy which i think is pretty realistic and he's a good defensive winger for you um it's maybe a slight overpayment you know what i mean like like you look at him at 4.75 versus our terry Lekkinen at 4.5 you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I would probably rather have Mikheyev. Yeah. So, we'll see. A uh, bit confusing on this front, but uh, Mark Stahl goes to Florida for one year at Ligman. Congratulations. Decent signing. Eric Stahl reportedly oh. went to Florida at Ligman for the same deal, but now it's a PTO. There's some confusion on that. Oh. Both the Stahl boys in Florida... Florida trying to get worse, <laughs> I, I guess. And uh, look, I'm shitting on the on the local guys like like Murray bringing in the Leafs, the Stalls bringing in the the, the Panthers. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's easy for you. You don't have to see these guys <coughs> all the time. Um, Who cares? Well, whatever. I I um. I mean, whatever the Mark the Mark Stahl thing, like whatever. How is this guy getting a contract? How does he get the guaranteed contract, but Eric doesn't? Is the thing. For me. I don't. I don't agree with that at all. Um, you don't agree with the, the, the thousand point player, borderline Hall of Famer, not getting a guaranteed contract, but the the defenseman that can barely crack the Red Wings lineup. Well, I mean, last year Mark was not what he was the year before. The year before, Mark Stahl was, like, among the most underrated players in the league. Mark, St- Mark Stahl was fantastic the year before, in a lot of minutes. Uh, well, he was. Like, like I, I don't like where do you want to start with that? I, I don't know. He was. He was great. Last year, he was below average on a bad team. He's been bad for a while, um, hasn't he? Mm, he, he just randomly had a good year there with the Red Wings when he got there. But last year he was uh, not great, not bad. Um, he, I guess, if he's your seventh guy and he's kind of getting in like maybe thirty to thirty-five games, yeah. that's fine. Um, it's not maybe my first choice, but it's not terrible. I guess I would say. Um, the thing for me is just the fact that uh, Eric Stahl. You know, if we're if we're comparing Mark Stahl to Eric Stahl, like Mark Stahl two years ago was good. 
and Eric Stahl two years ago was bad, and then he uh, last year Mark Stahl uh, wasn't good, and last year Eric Stahl didn't play at all. So it's very bizarre to me that a guy would just like suddenly make a comeback. So the PTO makes more sense. If it's not a guaranteed deal, then that's fair. And I'm not saying that he isn't going to just get a deal anyway. It's probably going to work out that way. But, um, because that almost makes me wonder, right? If someone reported that it was a guaranteed deal, it almost seems like it's more of an under-the-table thing, but they're just presenting it as a PTO for, like, optics, almost. I, I don't know. I guess we'll see where it goes, but, um, I think it would be very cool if they're both on the team, kind of, and... <laughs> The team wins the cup and the guys are there, oh, no, sort they're, of. They're, they're going to miss the playoffs <laughs> at this point. Well, but, I mean, yeah. If they're not playing regular minutes, uh, you know, if, if Mark Stahl's your first pairing left wing defenseman and uh, Eric Stahl's playing top six minutes, you're in trouble. But I, I, it doesn't seem to be the case with uh, Florida. Uh, Frank Vitrano to Anaheim, three years, 3.6. It's a bit much, but I like Frank Vitrano. Nicholas Abe Cobell, one year to the Leafs for one mil. Well, as I told you last week, James, the key to winning the Stanley Cup is to treat the thing like shit. Mm-hmm. You know, as many guys would tell you about women. Oh. A lot of guys have that philosophy. Oh. You just treat them like shit. Oh. It'll work out well for you. Okay. I don't know if I agree with that. Um... But there does seem to be something uh, treat the Stanley Cup like shit. You continue to win it. Well, you'll probably never touch the cup again, I guess. So good Mark to- Messier left it in a bar one time. He won like six of them. So. Mm, true. Uh, Hayden Flurry to the Lightning for two years. League men. Didn't even see that. Cool. Uh, sure. Let's move on. It's not bad. Trevor Lewis uh, back with his buddy Daryl Sutter in Calgary. What's the deal? One year, 800000 Sure. Uh, Shane Wright signs his contract with the Kraken. Mm-hmm. Three years, nine fifty. Congrats, welcome. Mm, good. And uh, Kevin Rooney with the Flames, two years, one point three. <laughs> Rooney. <laughs> oh man, I don't. Uh... Look, I got a thing with Kevin Rooney. Mm-hmm. I feel like people who listen to the podcast know that. Mm-hmm. He's my guy, my classic example of like a guy Is that this just a guy? shows up and puts on skates and just moves around out there. I picked the name because it was funny. I think Kevin Rooney is um, would be the perfect example of if you're going to put a GoPro on a guy's helmet and just have him out there. Okay. Like just trying to stay out of the way of the puck because that's kind of how Kevin Rooney plays. Mm-hmm. Uh... I don't know. I don't really understand this signing. I think it's really weird. I don't even know who this guy is. So Kevin Rooney is your classic one-year 700K guy who you call up if half the team has COVID or is injured. Hmm. Um, the Flames are going to play him regularly, it sounds like, next year. So, uh, warning Flames fans, he isn't good at anything. He's not bad at anything. But he is not, uh, he is the most average player you're ever going to watch. Only matter one year with the Red Wing is 
I do not care for it. Uh, Nico Stern, three years, two million per for the Sharks. Um, you like go, Nico Stern? Go Sterns, I guess it sounds like it's the, the theme. Is that? Do we know? Is that Marco Sturm's kid? I can't imagine. He's twenty-seven. Years no, old. There's no way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess not. Eh. Okay. Um. Well, whatever. Shades of Marco Sturm, I guess, in San Jose. Alec Chernak, eight years, five point two in Tampa. Eric Chernak. Threw me off there for a second. I'm like, is there an Alec Chernak too? Just making up names again. Um, I I like Eric Chernak a lot. I I think it's uh, a bit rich, 5. for sure. 2. Eric Chernak would have been that guy where if you were like, yeah, we're gonna give him like three point eight. Exactly. For eight years, I'd be sure. like, that's aggressive, but I like it. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. If you told me it was like four point four, I'd be like. Very aggressive, but that's fine. Five point two is a bit of a hard sell for me it's on a guy sad. that is a purely defensive defenseman. Because like, at least with Charlie McAvoy at nine point five, right? Like he's not your power play specialist. He's not like lighting the world on fire offensively. Mm-hmm. But Charlie McAvoy is probably capable of putting up like fifty five points in a season. He might have this year. I don't even remember what he finished at. Um, Eric Chernak is not capable of finishing yeah. over like 30 points probably so even though he's a very very good defensive defenseman like i he's still kind of one-dimensional um he's very very good defensively but i do think this is an overpayment and thanks to really eight years 6.25 he's very very good defensively but he doesn't put up a lot of points so i think it's an overpayment eight years for mikhail sergachev at eight and a half yeah um, I I think it's a bad signing. I think it's bad. Um, like at least with Chernak and Sorelli, you can kind of measure their impacts, though, right? Like it, like even even though they're not like point first guys, you know, they do a lot of different things. Sergachev is an offensive defenseman that has yet to crack half a point per game. Like that that's what he is, right? Like like Yeah, no, he hit 40 and 79. <laughs> 30 and 56. Okay. Yeah, he he sort of cracked half a point per game. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. So So you're you're telling me that a 41 point defenseman's worth eight and a half? When they're not very good defensively? I don't know how he is defensively, I guess. But you've got three chips to the cup finals with this guy. Like, Sure. Lock him up. Where do you get 25-year-old 40-point defensemen from? Everywhere. No. 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 There's like seven. Do you need a 25-year-old 40-point defenseman that has no defensive impact? Apparently. At 8.5? So, you're telling me that you would essentially... You would essentially compare Mikhail Sergachev Mm -hmm. to Darnell Nurse. Does Darnell Nurse have two cups? No, Darnell Nurse plays for the Edmonton Oilers, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. So, no. 
So you would just as soon give like eight years, seven million dollars to Patrick Maroon by that logic. Well, no. Well, that's what you argue, but though. He's like, what? So what's? Old. So what's the other this point? This guy's twenty-five years old. Okay. So there's a big. So gap you'd there. give eight years, seven million dollars to Matthew Joseph, who's twenty-five years old. Has he played eighty games and won two cups in back-to-back seasons? Actually, he didn't win a cup this year, so maybe it was a bad example on right. my part. But yeah. Yeah, it, 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 I'm saying. It's a but you're scoffing at Chernak, is my point, though. Like, I don't really get what your argument oh, pro no, Sergachev is. I never scoffed Chernak. You kind of did. Did I? Yeah. What did I say? You scoffed. <laughs> it was a scoff. Oh, all right. I don't know. It's the most Seinfeld. There was no scoff. There was a scoff. Was a scoff. I saw a scoff. What's a scuff? <laughs> what is a scuff? I saw a scuff. You scuffed. Oh, I'll scuff, baby. I don't know. This is a guy that you need, I think, on Tampa Bay, where it's like, you got Hedman, but this is the next guy up on the list, right? And you don't get those three straight, three straight finals without uh, a guy like Sarkisha. You just don't. Mm. I respectfully disagree. Sure. Yeah, like he, like he was, he was notably not very good in their second run. Like, like he, he wasn't. He, he was bad. Mind you, Hedman was sometimes too. But you know, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that his positive impacts had much to do with what got them there. And but how many teams had a 23-year-old defenseman who had, like, 42 points where it was like, ah, if he's bad, we can just hide him? No one. Yeah, but you don't want to have to hide a guy at $8.5 no, million. Dollars like, they got away point. with it is the point. Right? Sure. Like, sure. It worked. Oh, I understand that. Almost everything you're saying, though, is past tense at this point. Like, it worked. But, like, so you're rewarding a guy for... What he did do. You're rewarding a 25 year old instead of rewarding a 35 year old. Because that's how the NHL works, where you give the 35 year old. Oh, but but that's the big mistake, though, man, is is rewarding the guys for what they have done. Like, that's all free agency is. This isn't a guy that was even on the open market. But you don't have to reward any of these fucking guys. That's my point. Like, you can just move on from. I mean, I'm not saying move on from Sergachev, but what I'm saying is that you don't need to give a guy fucking $68 million just because he was on your Stanley Cup team. No, because he was an important part of why you won two Stanley Cups. Well, he was. Like, to me, he wasn't. But, like, it's 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 the whole thing. that you're, you're paying this guy just because this is what he did, and you're hoping that in the next 10 years he's going to do the same thing. And my argument is that he had not much to do with what got you there, and you're keeping him around for the sake of keeping him around at that number. Like, what, what they're betting on is that he is going to be a comparable defenseman to Victor Hedman, and I see zero evidence oh, that he's no, anything they're, they're fucking close to that. To the, they don't have to pay uh, Luke Shen to fill in on the cup run the last 20 games of the season. No, but, but they're paying him to play major minutes is what, is what the number dictates, they're right? They're paying him to be there when they need him in the playoffs. So you're going to pay a guy $8.5 million because he's 
not Luke made Shen. The conference fi- the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row. Yeah, absolutely. How many guys can say that? Not many. Not twenty five. Sure, sure, but yeah, the, the Penguins didn't go out and give five fucking years six million dollars to fucking Chad Ruweedle because he was there every year. Didn't they? Uh, no. <laughs> There's a website for that one guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> didn't they though? And he just fades know. out like yeah. Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> uh, where'd he go? Um, I, don't I know. like this is a guy where I think this makes a lot of sense because you're not giving that. That's a contract you give to a 29 year old, and it's like that's a dumb. But you, signing. but you give it to a 29 year old if it's like fucking Roman Yossi though. You you don't no, give it you to. Don't. Because Roman Yossi's done by the time he's 34. But you, but so what? Mikhail Sergachev's magically a 29 year old, the fucking guy that's going to play till he's 37? Like, what's, how's he any different than Roman Yossi? But you you gamble on the 25 year old, not. Sorry, no, but you, I misunderstood what you said. You basically phrased this as Mikhail Sergachev's 29 all of a sudden. You give it to him at 29. I misunderstood what you said. Yeah. I, I don't see this as a. This is the Vladimir Tarasenko like, argument where it's like, yeah, we're going to give the 22-year-old guy the eight-year contract because that's who you give eight-year contracts to. No, I Not get John it. John Tavares when he's 29 and a free but, agent. But, but you're comparing a 22-year-old where there's unknown and you think that this is what the guy's going to be. And, like, even with Robert Thomas, like, you give him that eight-year deal right now because you saw what he was this year. What I'm saying is... Instead of paying Robert Thomas in his 77-point year where you just saw him like debatably be a Selkie candidate and an over-point-per-game player, you're paying Robert Thomas in his fucking season where he had 30 points in 79 games. So, yes, there's potential that Mikhail Sergachev hits that fucking ceiling, but after six years and five years, I guess I'll give him in the NHL, at 25 years old, I find it hard to believe that he's going to be a number one defenseman. And they're paying him like one, is my but point. he doesn't need to be one, though, because you've got a number one defenseman. For now. you For sure you do. Yeah. Yeah, you won't, by the end of this contract, probably by midway through this... Well, you know, eh, five, four or five years. That, right? like, I know, I, 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 I get that point, Nick though. I'm not saying he's Nick Lindstrom, but Nick no, Lindstrom was a number one defenseman when he was 40 years old, right? Like, no, I understand Edmund that. could be amazing for the next 10 years. And, and I think Tampa's betting on that he will be, too. Yeah. Like, I, like, I understand that point, but all I'm saying is I think without certain parts of this team, as they continue to move on, as they continue to fall away, I don't think Sergachev is your... You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's part of your Crosby, Malkin, Latang, part of your Keith, Taves, Kane shit. He's the Seabrook. And sometimes I hope so. you need a Seabrook. I hope so. I don't think he's even Seabrook, though, oh. is my point. Okay. You know? And you're paying relative to the cap, if my numbers are correct, more than what they gave Seabrook even at his height. Like, I just... Th- this is a huge deal. Now... Uh, we probably should have mentioned this at the top of the show. Uh, the salary cap's supposed to shoot right up in a couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> All these deals, it's kind of like, oh, well, they might not be as crazy. But I, I don't know. I, I, the Sergeyev one was the one where I was like, I, I don't know about that. I think all three of them are probably more than what they should be making. And even if the cap shoots up, it may be about right. Yeah. But I don't... This is my least favorite of the three. Okay. 
Uh, Eric Brinson, four years, four mil uh, per in Columbus. It's uh, three years and 15 more million dollars than I would have given him, my guy. I think it's very cool, not to foreshadow here, that Columbus made two of the most uh, intriguing free agent signings I've ever seen in my life. And they did so in the same day within like three hours of each other. That was cool. cool. Um, did you have the same reaction as I did with this one where uh, I had the same reaction to the Good Branson signing as I did to the Jeff Finger signing back in the day where I was like, mm, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Who? I know who Eric Good Branson is. <laughs> That's I, fair. I didn't know who Jeff Finger was. That's time. fair. Mason Marshman gets four years, four and a half mil from Dallas. Question marks, I think. And I don't mean even I don't even mean that negatively. It's just like he was so good in limited minutes last year in Florida. Mm-hmm. I I hope with more minutes that actually means that he's I like I'd be think it'd be cool if Mason Marchman turns into like a fucking deadly player. Um <clears throat> but I don't know. I don't know what he does with more minutes. Fifty four games, I, I, I see it. 37, like, and it's worth noting too, 37 points in 54 games or whatever the fuck it was, 47 points in 54 games Yeah. in roughly 10 and a half minutes a night. Yeah. Right? It's probably going to be real good. Yeah. Really, like one of the weirdest years you're ever going to see. Like one of the best fourth line seasons, if not the best in the history of the NHL. Really cool. Bench rot, four years, 4.75 in Detroit. Um, did Detroit... Like, I... Because I, 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 I didn't realize the show was still on the air. Did Detroit, as a franchise, go on, like, an episode of Deal or No Deal and win, like, a bunch of briefcases of cash Well, or they also there? signed Andrew Kopp for five years at 5.6 and David Perron for two years at 4.7. Yeah, I like the cop signing. Um, I lo- I loved the Perron signing. I actually think that's cool. Could be okay. Yeah. The Sherratt signing. It's weird. Is um, that's a, Mark Saul replacement right there? Yeah, and that's that's the thing is okay. like I know you're maybe not in agreement with me on this, but like I would rather Mark Stahl at like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars or whatever the fuck than Ben Sherratt at. Four hundred and seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, or four million seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Right, four million more. Like, I bet you're a better player than Mark Stahl. I'll give him that at this yeah. point. But like, four million more better. Wow. Four millions more. I don't think so. It's uh, very very bizarre. All right, let's do it. Jack Campbell, five years by five. Edmonton. Well, here here is what I will say: is is. For all of Jack Campbell's flaws uh, that he seemed to have later in the year last year, um, he is a more stable goaltender than the Edmonton Oilers have had in a while. Because, like, even though Mike Smith had, you know, he had good seasons, actually, in Edmonton, right? Like, I don't know if you would necessarily say that uh, Mike Smith was a guy that you felt confident could steal you games consistently. You know, and we've seen it at least with Jack Campbell because Jack Campbell's uh, not forty-three years old. 
Mm-hmm. So that's the big advantage. Um, I do sort of find it hard to believe that Jack Campbell's going to be um, what he was the first 45, 50 games with Toronto for five years for Edmonton. You know, um, it's part of the reason why I didn't really think the Leafs should go that route. I like the idea of signing the guy you're familiar with, and it was part of the reason why, you know, maybe you make the argument with the Leafs. But at the end of the day, I, I do find it hard to believe that he's any better than he was last year in Toronto for Edmonton. And, you know, he wasn't horrible last year for Toronto the whole year, but the back half of it, he certainly wasn't very good. So um, was, he was the starting goaltender on a franchise record-setting season for a original six team. Mm-hmm. He's going to a team with the consensus number one player in the NHL, mm-hmm. maybe the number two player in the NHL, up for debate, top five. I, I think we can read. I, I, I think that top six, before. no matter what. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And their biggest problem last year was that they had a 41-year-old in net. So if Jack Campbell can be Jack Campbell for years one and two, mm-hmm. this is where I go back to with the the Matt Murray thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, if Matt Murray can rebound, great. Fantastic. Everybody looks like a winner. If Jack Campbell comes back with the Leafs next year and he's just Jack Campbell, who you know what you have in him because you've had him for the last couple of years and he's been fine. He out-dueled Carey Price in the playoffs. He went toe-to-toe with Andre Vasilevsky in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He, he he did that. He was not the reason they lost those last two series. No. Right? Mike Smith is the reason <laughs> the M. Smithers lost a couple series last uh, recently, right? So... Jack Campbell might end up winning a cup with Conrad David at year 30 or 31 or 32. And that's cool. Because who gives a fuck about year 34, 35, as Dave Nunes once put it. But if the Leafs, in the approach they're taking, suddenly find themselves, well, gee, golly, if only we had a goaltender that could supplement this MVP player that we have Mm -hmm. and now he's leaving because it's been nine years of first round exits and he wants to go somewhere else gee golly doesn't it suck that the guy we went with didn't live up to the barely 900 backup goaltender Jack Campbell that just won a cup with the Oilers you know that's my thing. Yeah, no, honestly, I think it's funny that that's the best point you've made all episode, and yet you came out of the washroom with your hair looking like the aliens Absolutely. meme. Absolutely. You remember the guy, like, al- aliens. Yeah. Like, his hair's all fucked, and you know, that guy. Yeah. Um, so I was chuckling, but you were making good points. Um, I, I, like, I agree with you in a lot of parts of that, to be honest with you. The, the one thing I would push back on, and... The only issue with bringing it up right now is I'm not sure it has anything to do directly with Jack Campbell, but like the 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 core root of the issues with the Edmonton Oilers to me is obviously Mike Smith didn't help the situation at all. Yeah. Uh, 
But and he'll be there next year. So if you need him, you got him. Boy, howdy! But I don't think you need him. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool if he was the starter right? game one of the playoffs yeah, if they make well. it. Um, but but the issue has been, and I've beat it to death every episode that we brought up the Oilers for three and a half, four four years now, is that they had they don't have any depth, and. The good news is now that at least they have a coach who, instead of playing Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl into the fucking ground, he's like, no, I'd rather actually just play our shitty fucking guys a little bit more so that way you're just at your best all the time. Because Connor McDavid out there all the time is not Connor McDavid. And as soon as Jay Woodcroft took over, it was like this fucking guy found a level where it's like, Oh shit! This guy is better uh, than we thought he was. Even like, you know what I mean? McDavid yeah. and Drysaddle were fucking insane. Obviously, as soon as Woodcroft got there. So if they add a little bit of depth around them, I think they have more stability in in goal now. But I, I guess that would be the only pushback I would give was that, you know, I don't know if they lost series directly because of Mike Smith. They were series that they were going to lose anyway. Is more so what I yeah. like. They were going to lose to the Avalanche no matter what. Um, but if they had, you know, some other guys around, maybe it would be a little bit of a different story. So, Perhaps. Um, but regardless, like, if they are able to put a little bit of a better team around Connor McDavid, um, this is certainly a much better goaltender than we've seen them have, or at least a more stable goaltender than Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason that. Campbell couldn't go back to what he was his first 50 games with the Leafs. It's just a matter of if he's going to be able to string that together consistently. It'll be better um, than fucking Smith. I think we can all agree. Hey, I'll, I'll cheers to that, my guy. Uh, the Kraken got weird. They signed three guys. Uh, Justin Schultz, two years, three million per. Martin Jones... I don't think he's come up on the podcast before. Uh, he got a year for two mil. And Andre Burakovsky got five years at five and a half. I have no idea what the Kraken are doing. Mm. And I would love you <clears throat> if you could explain to me what it is the thought process is here. They have two of the greatest prospects in the sport. And they're supplementing him with uh, Martin Jones and uh, the other guy I picked for the Vesna on this podcast. And neither of what you're going to do much at all to help. Hmm. Yeah. You and I have talked about some of our former Vesna picks not we very have. kindly. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? No, no, I, I, I made a comment. I mean, you know, we're talking about Grubauer and Jones here. Uh, we had a, like a 10-minute conversation about how we don't care for Matt Murray necessarily. Uh, I mentioned Carter Hart's the worst goalie ever yeah. earlier. Like, we're just naming names tonight. Name. Haven't brought up Bobrovsky. Not good. Um, okay, so I don't really understand the Jones signing for many reasons. Perhaps the most confusing is that they now have three goaltenders that they pay two or more million dollars to. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a goaltending trio that costs $11.4 million. What I would give. 
That's right. Um, so, like, I understand that you don't know what's going on in net. But I don't know that signing a third goaltender to $2 million deal mm. is the solution. Yeah. I'm, I'm very lost on that one. I, I, the Jones signing is among the most bizarre of the day. Like, it's right up there with Goodbranson. However, Goodbranson takes the cake for my favorite free agent signing of all time. So, um, I can't quite give Jones that distinction. But um, the Schultz signing, it's just weird to see multiple years, I think, on that signing more for for me. Because I don't, like you said, I don't really understand what he is going, what sort of role he's going to play with this team mm-hmm. this year and next, especially next year. Um, it's just a very, very weird multi-year signing. So, yes, Jones and Schultz, I agree with you being um, sort of skeptical there. I love the Burakovsky deal. One of, if not in a good way, one of, if not my favorite signings of the of the free agency period. Um, I don't know that I necessarily think Burakovsky is like the talent that a lot of people thought he was last year with Colorado. Um, but I do think he's a very, very good hockey player. Like, I, I love the way he plays the game. He's got a lot of skill. Uh, he skates like the fucking wind. He's very, very smart. Um, Burakovsky moves in and, correct me if I'm wrong, probably becomes their best forward, like, of established NHL players anyway. We'll see what Matty Beneers does this year and, um, if Shane Wright makes team. Like, you know what I mean? Anything can happen with these young guys. But Burkowski probably their best player now, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, to kind of get him on a deal where it's 5.5, like I'm not saying Burkowski moves in this role and automatically becomes fucking Miko Renton and all of a sudden, like absolutely not. But uh, do I think Burkowski like basically on his own can put up 60, 65 points next year? It's possible. I don't know if I'm betting on it, but I, I certainly think he's a, a very, very capable player, and they're playing him, paying him like a second-line winger. Um, long-term, throughout the rebuild, this is a guy that can help you a lot, I think. So, uh, And he's still fairly young. He's 27. So I like the signing. I think it's uh, very, very good. It's one of my favorites of the of the period. Uh, Vladimir Mestikov, back to tackle one year, two and a half. Vladdy named Stinkov. Good for him. Darcy Kemper, five years, Washington, 5.2. Mm-hmm. For eight hundred thousand dollars less, they could have had Nat Murray. <laughs> no, really, no. Well, when yeah. you put it that way, Riley Smith, three years in Vegas, five million. Sure. Three years, five million. I don't. I don't know if I knew that's what the deal was. Um, what it like? Uh, just going back, like, what do you think of the Capitals? Like, are you where I am, or do you still think that there's something there? Like, do you think well, Kemper moves the needle well, much well, for them? Well, they're going to make the playoffs. Okay. And they're going to do so better than, like, what they had last year with their goaltending tandem, so... So you think they did get better this offseason? I think so. Yeah. Just okay. barely. Like, look at that team last year. I'm just like, curious. Like, I'm not even... What? Fourth in the division. Mm-hmm. They went against Florida. They won two games against the President's Trophy winners, right? With nobody in net. Well, somebody, but uh, not not doing a, yeah. an amazing job. 
and this year they're going into a season where I think Carolina took a step back. Uh, the Rangers, yeah, okay, they probably move ahead, but the Penguins didn't move the needle at all. So you're the capital is just sitting there going like, okay, we got Ovechkin, like bring in a, a goalie that just won a cup. Maybe we finish second or third in, in, in the division because nobody else is challenging for it. And that mantra, I, again, I, I keep joking about it, but get in and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You won the cup in 2018. Yeah. It's not that long ago. See what happens, right? I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Brent Kulak, four years, 2.75 per in Edmonton. Yeah, that's about right. All right. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. What did right. something happen? Seven years, 9.75 million per for Johnny Hockey Goudreau in Columbus. Johnny Hockey Goudreau. It's cool. I think. It's not. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize Kyle Hogan was joining us tonight. Mm. Oh, no, it's not cool. Oh, no. Um, I want to get something off on the table just right off the bat. Sure. Okay, because there's a lot to unpack with the signing, obviously. Okay. What I will say, because I don't think anyone can dispute this one, I am happy that the Columbus Blue Jackets landed a big-name free agent. Are you? I, I am. Really? I am. Because part of my concern with this league and with every other league is that <clears throat> in a lot of cases, it's a 16-team league with 30 teams. Mm. Especially true in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you're never going to see Kevin Durant sign with the fucking... Charlotte, uh, I was going to say Bobcats, but Charlotte Hornets, right? And I think there was an understanding that you're probably never going to see John Tavares sign with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And we never did. But to see somebody of fairly large fame in the hockey world go to Columbus Mm -hmm. is a good thing for hockey in that sense, I Mm -hmm. think. Because... We need other markets, and... Do we? For sure. Do we? For sure we do, I think. You don't think so? Yeah, it should be 2014 league. Well, but it's never going to be. So, like, you you would like to see as many of those 32 teams be somewhat successful. Because we're never going to lose teams. So, well... I shouldn't say we're never going to lose teams. We've lost teams often, actually, but we're never going to down... You know what I mean? We're never going down 24 teams, I guess, sure. for argument's sake. So, to me, it's just nice to see Columbus kind of get a bigger-name guy because, in theory, it attracts bigger-name guys. Um, but at the end of the day, what it absolutely does is it brings kids into the market that want to go and watch this guy, want to go and be part of the fan experience. And hopefully... Columbus becomes more of a destination in the future, mm-hmm. kind of like Nashville has, and, and, and teams where it's just mediocrity for so long, right? 
I mean, like a Vesna Trophy winner wouldn't do that for uh, a franchise, or a Rocket Richard Trophy winner wouldn't do that for that franchise either, right? Uh, yeah, so, good, good on them on getting a Johnny Gaudreau. So, yeah. If, if 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 they couldn't do it with the guys they had before, I'm, I'm sure Johnny Gaudreau will, will get the job done. It might. It didn't before. Insane. What? You, you, you had a, a, a again, a, a Rocket Richard winning guy at 20 years old. Their GM was Doug McLean. Couldn't move the needle in that franchise. Their GM get, was get, Doug McLean. To get the kids out, so you say. Yeah, they had no idea the what the kids, fuck they the were doing in 2004. don't have a fucking clue who the GM is. No, but what I'm saying is the team had no idea what the fuck they were doing. Either. They happened to have Rick Nash. And the kids don't know who the GM is when they have a Vesna Trophy winner. And they make the playoffs. And they win a series for the first wow, time. They're working but on it. Are they? You don't think they've grown in popularity from where they were 10 years ago? Not much. Well, they had nobody in the seats and now they have people in the seats. They've Do done they? decent attendance-wise, yeah. Okay. Okay. Percentage-wise, like I'm not saying that they've moved up to being like one of the premier I, I fucking just, I don't filled see how buildings. Johnny Goudreau moves the needle here when he's playing with uh, who's who's there? Boone Jenner still there? Yeah. Jack Johnson still there? Yeah. Is he? Probably. I don't know. Yeah. Colorado. Who cares? Yeah. Like I don't care. Good. Good for Johnny Goudreau. His wife got a job at the hospital in town, and he he went with her. So is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, good for him, I guess. I don't know. Like, uh, asinine to think that, like, this this franchise is going to all of a sudden turn around and... Who's the number one center in Columbus? I have no idea. Honestly, I'm asking. Genuinely. Probably Cole Sillinger moving into the year, you really? think. Okay. I didn't know he was there. Yeah, since he got drafted a year ago, he's been there. They Wasn't didn't he, trade him. Uh, there was a Florida pick. Cole Sillinger got drafted by Columbus a year oh, ago. Okay. Played this year. Played the most okay. games out of anyone from the draft. Oh, good for him. Yeah, so yeah. it looks like he's going to be good. Alright. Yeah. Well, good. Like, I, I wish the best for them. It's just like, the, that's the franchise where it's like, I don't even know the answers to these questions. Okay. Like, so... So you're not really I'm a equipped to give an opinion at this point. of... Because you don't seem to know. host of a podcast about hockey where I... Like probably know more than most about the NHL, and I can't even tell you who's the number one center of this team. Yeah. So again, like I, I want the best for them, but they're not doing a whole lot to move the needle. They walked away from a Hart Trophy guy. They walked away from a Vesna Trophy two-time winner. You know, they made no effort to keep around the franchise player that they drafted first overall they've gone out of their way to mishandle their assets time and time again they walked they, who did they who did they walk away from exactly the heart trophy winner Panera. well a, a heart trophy guy is what I said Oh, level guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the Panarin yeah. thing and the Bobrovsky thing is a little washy. Exactly what happened there, but well, they yeah. didn't leave because they didn't get the a fair contract offer. I I think is 
is what I would say. They, they walked away because they didn't want to live in Columbus. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. sure. I mean, even if that is the case, that that's fine. Johnny Goudreau wants to live in Columbus, it seems like. His wife does. Sure, I, I I've never heard of Johnny Goudreau's wife. I, I don't know no, anything about Johnny Goudreau's wife. With the women in, in our, in I don't. I lives. quite frankly don't give a fuck about Johnny Goudreau or his wife. Quite honestly, sure. I don't care about sure. Johnny Goudreau at all. Yeah, at all. That's no, true. Yeah, as I've made known on this podcast, I don't give a fuck about Johnny Goudreau. Yeah, no, he but, made this big deal about like I got to move home to uh, close to family. Where right, well, that's New Jersey, right? And in a contract on the off. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's not going to New Jersey, which raised some eyebrows. Right? So, like, it's it's it's, a not, it's not not a story. Yeah. I mean, like, the whole New Jersey thing is interesting because it's just like, uh, I don't know, it's an eight-hour drive, which to me is not close, but I would also consider Winnipeg close, and it's a seven-hour drive. So, um, yeah, I'm not really sure how to reconcile that fact. I've been working through that the past couple of days but i mean like the whole thing is is like if you're gonna say or not you personally but if we're gonna say that the whole thing came down to columbus and new jersey which does seem to be the case um you know like my bet on who the better team is going to be in a couple of years is the devils yeah um or you can name the number one center or even the number two center really it's just it's like even the like prospects just in the system like I just I but like it's not even it's not even a New Jersey versus Columbus thing like you can give me New Jersey versus Detroit you can give me New Jersey for like I think New Jersey is going to be really good that's yeah. just my personal opinion uh, I right? agree so for me I think New Jersey's a fucking slam dunk but if it's one of those things where you know I've personally heard that there's not a lot of love and respect for Lindy Ruff in that locker room. So if it's one of those things where, you know, maybe you're concerned about the coach and then you start talking to the manager and then you start talking and it's like maybe New Jersey talked their way out of it is almost what I think where it's like Columbus can be like, well, here's our plan. Yeah. We feel good about our plan. Sure. And Johnny Goodrow heard that and like, yeah, your plan sounds good to me. And New Jersey's plan was like, well, we're going to do this. Like it might be one of those things where they legitimately were two good situations to him and one of them just sounded better than the other. I, I I would have to think that's more so what happened there because if they gave the same pitch and you're just kind of picking between the talent level, Columbus is an odd choice, even though I think Columbus has every opportunity to be a good team moving forward. I just don't know that they're going to, you know. They do have good prospects. Like, the fucking, the, that Chinnikov guy, you like him. Like, you've brought him up a bunch Absolutely. of times. Yeah. Uh, Sillinger, Kent Johnson, I keep forgetting. Like, you know, like, yeah. There might be something there. He might be right. His wife is. doesn't make it odd. Or, like, it doesn't mean that it's not odd. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's very, it was weird. very bizarre. Nobody signs in Columbus. Ask no. Jeff Carter. I might be wrong, but the biggest free agent signing I think they've ever made, at least that I can remember, was Christian Hus alias. Which is a fucked up thing to say. <laughs> Adam Foote? Yeah. Maybe? Like, probably Adam Foote profile-wise. I think contract at the time, 
think Husalius was like four four years something. Yeah. They got Nyquist a few years ago, I guess. Three years, five and a half. Mm-hmm. It's nothing big, you know. Espen Knutsen, a European free agent. There you go. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, Colin White in Anaheim. Second one? League minimum. We get two Col- Colin White side? Yeah, I guess so. How many Colin Whites have played in the league, do you think? Twelve. You might be right. I could be right. Hard to track. Nathan Walker. Nathan Walker. Part of me was just kind of hoping you were going to do that and we would just fade out like the Law & Order intro. Josh Lebo, AHL MVP. He's uh, with the Blues. Where do you have? Uh, what's the uh, what's the deal? Ligman. Good for him. Yeah. Maybe he'll get in there. Kiefer Sherwood, Nashville. Oh, he left Columbus. One year league men. Well, maybe home isn't always where the heart is. Are you right, James? True. True. Big Columbus uh, guy, that guy. All right, here, let's 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 get out of the way. Uh, Jordy Ben and Victor Mete sign matching league minimum deals. Beliefs. Sure. They're depth of defensemen. Yeah, except we've got eighteen of them now. So what's what's gonna happen? Who's moving? Yeah, but, but they'll just play in the minors, I feel like. Well, huh? neither of them have played in the minors in six years, so I don't know how you sell that to either of their agents. Well, I, I don't know what the contract negotiations were. I sure. Know, I don't know what. It's just it's just weird that like both of them have not. Like, Mete is 24 years old. He's mm-hmm. played three games in the minors since he came in the league. Mm-hmm. And he probably should be in the minors, so maybe he goes down there. But Jordy Ben has not played in the minors since 2013-2014. Yeah, I mean, like again, he's when, your typical seventh defenseman. When you sign tenth on the death chart. When you sign with Toronto and you know, like these teams that are conceivably Stanley Cup contenders, neither whether which or are not two-way you, deals. Maybe. Whether or not you consider the Leafs a Stanley Cup contender, like when you sign with a team like that, that is conceived as a Stanley Cup contender, you do so under the assumption that things might get interesting. And I assume that gets brought up in contract negotiations. You hope. Uh, it's very possible, of course, that Kyle Dubas signed these guys and didn't tell them what's going on, but that doesn't really seem to be the case with him. So mm-hmm. I assume everything's all worked out. I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, oh, I'm not concerned about it. It's, I just it's, it's depth. really fucking weird. It's depth, and if they get claimed on waivers, so be it. Yeah. Like, the, the, these are two signings where I, I look at that and I go, oh, someone's getting traded tomorrow. Like, just all. Yeah, well, I mean, without these signings, that's hopefully something on, yeah. the, uh, on the go. Uh, good news about Victor Mete. He is from Woodbridge, Ontario. Yeah. Robert Mundavi. Uh, also from Whitbridge, Dylan Strom signs a one-year deal with the Capitals for one and a half million. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. I wanted him. 
Not because I think he's even particularly all that good at hockey. I just like Dylan Strom. Hmm. I also think he's good at hockey, but it's it's unrelated. Good uh, sign. Andre Palat, five years with the Devils at $6 million per. All the more reason to maybe sign with the Devils if you were a high-touted MVP free agent. But whatever. <laughs> what do I know? Nothing, I'm, I'm sure. Do you think that's the right dollar amount? For Palat? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's... He's a weird one, eh? Because you kind of look at his numbers and it sort of is just like, ah, that's got to be an overpayment. No, right? But then you watch Palat and it's... Especially in the playoffs. It's like the guy is a freaking... Yeah. He's a freaking nature, this Mm guy. Um, I like Andre Palat. I'm I'm happy for him. There you go. Uh, And then, I guess... Based on the names in front of me that I recognize, uh, the uh, Yelly Yarncroc, four years, two point one million Leafs. What did you call him? Yelly Yarncroc. Yelly. Yeah. Yelly. Yeah. Is that what you call him? Yelly. Yelly Yarncroc. It's Cali. It's a hard C. Is it? It is. In Sweden. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think C's ever soft. Really. Maybe. I don't know. Like in that sense. I don't think it ever turns into a a, a, a Y. Well, whatever. You know what it, it's, to say? You know what it's funner to say? Yelly yarn croc, eh? Um, Yelly yarn croc. Yelly. That's freaking me out. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's a good defensive forward. Uh, Great. Great it, it, it's, yeah, like anytime you sign like a non-offensive productive depth player to a multi-year deal always sort of sketches me out if it's above like one million dollars um that's not to say that i think it's a bad signing it just does kind of give me the heebie-jeebies a little bit but sure yeah Um, he he just scored 20 goals for this team (laughs) i was gonna laugh at you but i mean like i guess he's mid-teens every year so it is possible yeah this Um, is the guy that that puts up 16 15 goals for the predators who don't play offense, so yeah, <laughs> he's good. I mean, David Camp went a whole year without scoring a goal. He had like twelve this year, so yeah, like yeah, yeah. That that's also true. Um, yeah, like generally speaking, he's in the past at least, not so much recently. But I mean, he's not been on great teams. Has had some very good expected goals numbers, and yeah, uh, his turnover stats have been good. His heat maps always look you know decent, so. Um, I am not opposed to it. I am interested to see where it goes. I'm okay with it. Like I, I think this is a, a, a low-risk number for a cap hit on a guy that plays all three positions, on a guy that plays... Plays all three kill, positions. Left wing, center, right wing. Oh, fuck. I thought maybe we were going to put him in net. Oh, well, we might not hurt. <laughs> might have to. Uh, a guy that plays the you know the power play, the penalty kill... Uh, like <laughs> offense, yeah. defense. This is a guy where the signing came in, in and I immediately went, "Oh, Kerfoot's traded." Mm. Right? Like I don't mm. think he completely matches the productivity offensively, but I think you can walk away from Kerfoot feeling fine. That's an interesting take because I almost look at it the opposite way in a way where I think you almost have to play Yarncrook with 
Kerfoot because I think they're going to complement each other so which well. Is, which is also that, a fine like that's to have. that's an interesting point though. Yeah. I never really considered it that way either. I got like I I mean in theory I guess you could do that and save one point four against the cap too. Yeah. But if you're not going to use it, you definitely have to keep them both and and work them together. Mm-hmm. I feel like is the way to go. I mean Yarnkrog is a guy I'd be curious to see how he does. Say you put him left wing with Matthews and Marner, like how his forecheck works. But I feel like that's more so where you use like Obe Kubel. And I, I think Yaron Kroak works with yeah. Kerfoot in just that they're this sort of two way line and can kind of, you know, make it work both ways. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see how he fits in anyway. Yeah. I'm not, uh, I'm not anti Carly, Cali Yaron Kroak, that's for sure. Cali. Yali. Yeah. Yelly, sorry. Yeah. Yelly. Alright. Uh we'll keep keeping an eye on free agency frenzy. Uh as Kadri hasn't signed, you know, uh two other guys haven't signed either, I suppose. But Kessel, Suvan. There are mm-hmm. some names out there. Mm-hmm. That happen. Kadri by far the biggest. I, though. I guess Bergeron. Uh, Could you imagine? It's like next week. To the Blue Jackets, yeah. It's like a, no, maybe things possible now. So, you know. two years, six point five per mm-hmm. Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. Well, you need a center in Columbus at this point now. They have no money to sign Patrick Laine, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, what do? You, where do you think Kadri ends up? Yeah, I kind of been thinking the same thing. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I, I, yeah, it they just got, they got all the fucking money in the world now. It's just all there too. Like it's just like I, I don't think because we talked about Columbus. Sort of, we bantered about Columbus. Yeah. One thing we didn't do though when we talked about Goudreau is talk about how this affects Calgary. And I don't. I don't think that this is like completely fucking catastrophic like everyone else does. It it, do- it doesn't help. It's certainly not good. You need to figure something else out. But I don't think this is the end of the fucking world either. Um, you know, they certainly take a step back. There's no doubt about that. But I do think that Calgary is a team that succeeded last year more so on their system than they did like their actual star players. Their star players just helped a shit ton, I think. Um, I don't know. Like I think if they were to bring in Kadri, that they're almost at a neutral point from where they were last year. I don't think Kadri is Johnny Gaudreau. I think Johnny Gaudreau is the better player. But I think for a team standpoint, I think it almost works out a wash. I, I want to know what happens with Kachuk. RFA. It's tough. Yeah, that's yeah. another thing too, right? Do you think that that gets worked out? No. Yeah, you th- do you think With that this Google is just kind of unraveling now? Kachuk stuff. Yeah. But, like, Calgary's got the money to go to Kachuk and say, like, here's 12 mil because we can't lose both of you. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird too with Goudreau, right? Because he's just kind of been like a transcendent figure forever. So to try to understand what he was going to do two, three years ago, I think was always just kind of like, well, who the fuck knows with this guy, right? But Mm -hmm. 
Kachuk is a guy where it just seems weird for him to just get up and walk to me almost. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I'm like... not saying he's not going to. It's just like that. I don't know. For, for whatever reason, that would throw me off guard. Maybe because it's not something Keith Kachuk would ever do. Didn't he, though? <laughs> um, we got a new full. A new full. To end the year. Our fifth year. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite. It's a new full. That's what that's It's actually. an UFL, yeah. Well, just, you know, for the people who don't know. Uh, UFL's not a word, just the, so you know. Uh, ITYSL sketches. Yep, that definitely tells people what we're talking yeah. about, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think you should leave. It's a show. It's a show. I'm not actually just telling James to leave right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you should leave sketches. I like I think you should leave. I think it's a funny show. Tim um, Robinson. Tim Robinson is got? the uh, producer and creator and writer and host, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but he's the guy that does the show. Yeah. And it's a very, very funny show. He used to be a writer on SNL. He was uh, not seemingly uh, respected there. He goes over to his own show on Netflix, and let me tell you, he's crushing it. Yeah. So. Um, now you're overrated on the episode, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, my overrated mm-hmm. is season one, mm-hmm. episode one. Oh, I didn't do this shit. But go on. Uh, it is called Gift Receipt, um, which was, uh, uh, when I first watched the show, I remember reading a, an article where it was like, this is the moment I knew that this show was going to be gold. Mm-hmm. I read this article and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I thought the sketch was funny for sure. Um, but when I rewatched this show, I've seen this sketch a dozen times. Mm-hmm. I laugh at parts of it, but I don't know if I think the sketch even flows it's just kind of like tim robinson saying a bunch of stuff in a way um i don't think the sketch itself is overly all that strong um the funniest part is how he keeps calling uh you know shitting uh he refers to it as a mud pie Mm. and that's referenced earlier in the episode which is funny and throughout the course of the two seasons uh mud pie is used in several sketches, the word, uh, and I think that's funny. But aside from that, the sketch doesn't really get me going that much. Um, it's not my least favorite. I just think like it's one of those like, wow, this fucking sketch. And I don't really think it is. I don't really care for it. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, my overrated is the hot dog costume sketch. Hot dog. Oh, we're all looking for the guy who did this yeah. shit. It's, it's good, mm, yeah, but it's just it's overrated now. It, it, it's like the one sketch where, like, even if you don't know the show. Mm, it did might, get, it's gotten you, memed a yeah, lot. You yeah. might not have seen any other sketch, yeah. but you know it because of the, of, of the meme. And it's like, well, it's good. It was never the best sketch. Sure. But it's funny enough where people have adopted it and it's like, well, shut the fuck up. Go watch the show. You don't, you don't know what you're Its main strength is that it opens its respective episode, I feel like. is yeah. part is mostly why it's like, ah, this fucking yeah, show. Yeah. But like, no, but yeah. it's just like people have kind of abused the, the joke. Now. The meme. Yeah. Mm. Overrated. Good. Good when properly rated, but overrated. You know what once also been memed too much, I guess, would be the Friday night thing. Every Friday night we feel the need to be like Friday night. Yeah. Mm. I do the same thing with Saturday night with uh, Futurama. 
And I actually happened to throw on that episode last night, and I had to like on a Thursday night. Yeah, mean people. Like, oh, it's happening! It's it. And here it is. Yeah. Hmm. A rush playlist. Um, my underrated. Mm-hmm. I had it as something else, and then I think as we were recording, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta change this, and you're like, oh, what's he doing? Or you probably didn't care, but that's exactly what I said. I'm like, oh, I gotta change this. Yeah. Because I remembered about a little sketch from season one, episode three, uh, called New Joe. And uh, basically what's going on is they're in a church. And they're like, oh, our organist is out sick today. But don't worry, we have a new organist here. Uh, His name is New Joe. He's going to fill in. Yeah. And Fred Willard looks at the reverend and said, the pleasure's all mine, (laughs) parson. Two, three, four, and he's like tugging on shit, and it's just like making all these like whistles and fucking it's, it's, kazoo it's noises. Too, right? It's at a yeah. it's at a funeral. Yeah, it's making like kazoo noise. Like it's just this smashing fucking goofy plates. organ. He's smashing yeah. plates. People are like, "What the fuck is going on?" And he stops playing, and he looks at the reverend and says, "Or sorry, he looks out to the crowd and goes." My condolences, <laughs> and then the reverend says a couple more things and like. He just starts playing again, and he's like, oh, here's, you know, a song about a little baby duck who got his head stuck in a stewed tomato. It's a it's a solemn tune, and he plays essentially the same song. The, the sketch is, like, 70 seconds long, yeah. and I howl every time. But it is, it's underrated in the sense that it is, like, the most absurd sort of 70 seconds maybe in the whole series you know what i mean like it's just it's completely just tossed in the middle of this season Mm -hmm. it could have easily been the we're gonna cut this sketch but because it's so absurd is why i think it's so funny fair enough uh my underrated is loaded nachos sketch sketch look we both work at a restaurant it's good sketch and i bring this up and people don't know it and i have to explain it to them it sounds like the funniest fucking thing if you've worked in a restaurant this is hilarious <laughs> and i do so i think it's underrated um you got the guy on the first date get the plate of nachos and it's like hey you know, my girlfriend's eating all the fucking loaded nachos can you maybe tell her there's a rule board and he's like, did you ask him to say that? And the waiter is fully like, yeah, he did, but... Can you tell her that there's a rule? Oh, I didn't say that. That's oh my cool. God. Are we going to the movie still? It, um, yeah. Hilarious. And, and also applicable, because haven't we all had that happen to us? Mm, that is the problem with nachos. Nachos are never... No. There's it's, six good nachos in our nachos. It's place. almost like you need to make a uh, an appetizer where you just load a nacho and load them in dish, like, like one by one on a plate. Yeah. Like a tostada. Um, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Season 2, episode 6. It's a little sketch called Driver's Ed. Or, as I famously refer it to, uh, it's Tables. Um, this is a sketch where there's a bunch of kids sitting in driver's ed class. Tim Robinson's the driving instructor, because why wouldn't he be? Uh, you know, I'm going to show you guys a little fucking video here. Don't text and drive kind of thing. And 
It is uh, Patty Harrison playing this distressed uh, business person who seems to just like own a bunch of tables. There's no explanation as to what's going on. She's yelling about like Eddie Monster made my uh, table all fucking uh, right. all dirty. Eddie this Monster. my I you know I need my tables clean. My tables are how Table. I buy my house, mm-hmm. and which is a, also a weird thing to say. It's a weird sentence. It's just a, like a very like confusing video, and then Tim Robinson fucking turns it off, and he's like, "Okay, well, what'd we learn?" And at the beginning of the sketch, he told them not to ask any questions about the tables, mm-hmm. and the first question is, "What's her job?" Tables. What do you mean tables? And he's like, don't fucking ask me the question. He keeps freaking out about it. There's three different versions of the video, and it is just like absurd shit about her job not making any sense. Um, yeah. I love it. The first time I watched the sketch is among the hardest I've ever laughed at something by myself. I, I was howling. Uh, I probably watched it four times before I went to bed that night because I thought it was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I still will throw it on periodically and I think it's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite I think you should leave sketch. It is probably top five favorite comedy sketches of all time for me. I uh, I half-assed it, double down, whatever you want to call it. I, I got two. It's okay. Uh, it's either the recording studio sketch. Recording studio. The Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the worms are their money. The bones are their dollars. That's an incredible pick. It's unreal. Just, it's it's more so throwing me off that you would mm-hmm. pick that, but it's like, it is very, very funny. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Like here's here's, here's trying to pitch him a Johnny Cash in the, song in the prime of his career and the bass player's gotta fucking come in. Uh, the worms are their bodies and the worms are their dollars and just like totally fucking up his whole one moment of shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is the Instagram sketch from season one, episode one. Vanessa Bear. Oh my god. <laughs> Slopping down some pig shit. With these fat fucks, and I'm the fattest of them all. Sunday funny with these peak dicks. Hope nobody gulps us. Slurping down some fish piss with these wet chodes. Um, and my personal favorite: these mad because I won best hog at the hog shit snarfing contest. But I'm not mad because we're all loads of beef sitting on the side of the highway, getting our butts sucked by flies. Um. Holy fuck. What a way to lead in a show. Vanessa Bear, man. Jesus Christ. She's amazing. Either of those are my favorite. That's fair. Well, as is the case with every UFO we always have, especially when it's something that you and I like very Mm -hmm. much, it's very hard to pick a least favorite. Sure. And so I will admit, my least favorite is sort of a cop-out. Because even though I think the sketch is funny, I have an incredibly minor complaint about it that is going to make me sound like I'm 87 years old. Okay. Um, my least favorite sketch is probably the Blues Brothers sketch, season 2, episode 4, um, where 
the couple is fighting out at the camp. There's a bunch of couples out there, and they're like, ah, what do we do? And then, like, Tim Robinson's like, I'll save the party, and he throws on his fucking fedora, starts playing the Blues Brothers song, and he's just, like, dancing around. And then the couple whose camp it is, their dog just starts, like, in barking, like, his fucking mind off. He's just barking. He's mad. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't recognize this guy, or it's because of the song. He doesn't really know. It's my least favorite sketch because the sketch is just too fucking loud because this dog is barking through the whole goddamn thing. And it just drives me. Like, it's just like I skip through the sketch because I don't feel like listening to this dog bark. Yeah. That's it. It's still really funny. It's just like not rewatchable. It was like one of those sketches where it's like the first time I saw it, I'm like, this is funny. I've seen it a couple times. But when I get to it, I skip through it because I don't feel like listening to the fucking dog bark. As you should. Yeah. So yeah. it's my least favorite. But it's very funny. Uh, my least favorite is the Garfield sketch. Yeah, eh? It's the season finale for <laughs> the first season. It's like, for a season finale. It's underwhelming. It's underwhelming. It's really funny, but you're right. It's a weird sketch to end no, the season it's on. No, it's funny. It's just like, you got the weird guy at the beginning of the episode where it's like, it's Cooper in the house and you're like, oh, what the fuck is this about? And it cuts away. And then you watch 20 minutes of skits and then it comes back and it's like, Oh, we're doing intervention. Oh, come to my house. I got a great house. I got a great party house. And you show up and it's, it's all this Garfield shit, right? And then that guy shows up from the beginning of the episode and he's the stalker killer of uh, Jim Hansen? Jim Hampton? Jim Hansen, yeah. Whatever it is. And it's like, oh, I'm, I, he never owned this house. You know, it's the killer. And it's just like, it's funny. But given the prelude, given the last episode of the se- of the first season, mm-hmm. of what was an incredible se- first season for a TV show, mm-hmm. it's just a little underwhelming. Yeah. So I would agree with you. I like the skit. I think there's some some good to be had from that. But it's... well, the best part about the skit is the chick who owns the house just being like, "Yeah, I got Jim's Jim Henson's fucking house." Yeah. Like, you know, obviously yeah. it's a big deal. Right. right? She thinks it's the mintest thing yeah. ever, eh? It, that's very funny. To yeah. Me, yeah. It's just like we could have done better. Yeah, I get it. It's no big deal. I live in Jim Henson's fucking house, of course. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's that's where I land on that. Okay. That's that's a good least favorite. Excited for season three. Absolutely. Ooh. Let's go. When's that dropping? The absolutely thing does make me think. In like two months when we resume, we should do a Nathan for you. Oofle. Sure. Let's hire someone to kill us. Why would we do that for the oofle? Well, for the episode. We'll be on edge. It'll be entertaining. Never yeah, I guess you know what season corner. season five of this uh, podcast we're gonna merge six. out of out of hockey and into a Nathan for you theme where we're just gonna try to like fix struggling businesses. Yeah, and then every few episodes we'll just randomly have like someone like try to kill us and stuff Perfect. like that. Perfect. Nathan for you. Uh, it's on Crave TV. Four seasons, unbelievable. Okay. Uh, thank you for joining us for uh, our fifth season. Of Lace Up a Hockey Podcast. And uh, we it's can't wait manifesting to see you at for this time. season seven. Six. Seven? Six. Whatever you want to call it, buddy. Yeah. All right. 
I'm just going to call the next season season High 7. High button. People think that like season 5 and 6 are on like like a different streaming platform that they don't have. They're like, oh, i got to get this. Yeah. Clomper, Tubi? of course. Portugal Radio. Do I have Tubi? <laughs> See you on Portugal Radio. Break!